Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to a big Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk with the Jets still on top of the National Hockey League after a pretty thrilling end of last night's game. Big comeback win, 2-1. Jets make it eight in a row and keep on rolling. Um, This is going to be a fun one today. Shout out to Remo, the birthday boy. Happy birthday to Michael. He's off today. Um, we're going to bring in, there it is. He's, he's Bob just spending, <laughs> spending the day at the gym, um, on his birthday today. Um, but no, Remo, a well-deserved day off. We let him take it and I'm uh, going to bring in Connor Rabchak to hang out for the show in just a few minutes. Ruicki's going to come on really looking forward to talking to Brandon. Obviously we'll get to his thoughts on uh, the jets as they just keep on winning. Um, also want to get his take on everything that happened in Philly this week Um, and a perfect time to have Brandon because the Flyers are here tomorrow as the Jets continue their homestand and look to make it nine straight wins. Um, So Rowicki's coming on at the start. Ken Weeb a little later on. Ken down at the rink today. We've got an update on Mark Shifley, which we'll get to you in just a moment. Of course, it's Friday, and that means Hacksaw will join us. we got Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll touch on the NFL towards the end of the program. And because of our crack dude, Alex Allard, who's joining us today, who always kind of takes over when uh, when Michael's away, um, marbles, I think, are a go, everybody. So uh, hang tight. We'll do that in 245. But we also have a very special guest. Rutger McGrory. Um, caught up with Rutger a little earlier. We'll have that for you in between Brandon and Ken. I think you'll really enjoy that. And hey, thanks to everyone. I'm not sure we've had as much feedback on an interview uh, on Winnipeg Sports Talk as we had from Chuck Hellebuck's visit yesterday in a long, long time. It was so much fun to talk to Chuck about ah, the fun that they had on the dad's trip. Um, but just some fascinating, fascinating insight into Connor Hellebuck as a young hockey player. And uh, I'm still floored at that story that, you know, he told about Connor as a 10 or 11 year old evaluating all the player sticks. We'll touch on that with Connor coming up in a minute. But if you missed that yesterday, um, it's actually up on the YouTube channel as a standalone interview. So pop on over there. If you give it a, uh, if you get it, if you do check it out, leave a comment. Uh, that always helps. And uh, hey, to everyone here, especially all you newbies on Winnipeg Sports Talk, welcome aboard. Hit that subscribe button and make sure to give a thumbs up to today's episode. Um, yeah, the uh, the good vibes keep rolling. Uh, and a little bit of a different game last night for the Winnipeg Jets, which we'll get into in a minute with Connor. Uh, but all systems go. And uh, as we head into the weekend... The Winnipeg Jets, once again, first place in the NHL. And and they had to win last night because the Vancouver Canucks keep winning as well. What a road trip they've had. Running the table with the four in a row win last night in Pittsburgh. So the Jets are 60 points in 41 games. The Canucks, 59 points in 42 games. And look at that. The Winnipeg Jets have now a three-point lead in the Central Division and a game in hand on the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh... We've got lots of good things to talk about and a loaded show today, including Jets prospect Rucker McGrory joining us on the show. Listen, just before we get into it all, i uh, got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at CoolBet just banged out a big lock shop, one of our favorites of the year going into Super Wildcard Weekend. 
You can check that at the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. We will hit on the lines a little later on before we drop the marbles on a Friday show. I also want to thank our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, Little Brown Jug, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, the Winnipeg Jets, Modern Man uh, Barbershop, Manitoba Battery, and the Great Taste of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club. And we will get to a why not question of the day for our friends over at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGilvery. Connor Rabchak, come on in. What's going on, my friend? It's great to have you on the big show. It's great to be on the big show. Thanks for having me. Uh, I thought after last night we were going to be talking about, you know, the Jets sleepwalking uh, against a, a divisional opponent that they definitely should have beat until those last five minutes, the last three and a half minutes, if you want to say. And uh, yeah, what a three and a half minutes it was. And the, the sold out crowd made themselves heard. Uh, in the last three and a half minutes, Dude, it, was, it was a heck of I a was, finish. I was in uh, in the stands, and you know we'll kind of get to how we got to that point. But it was a little tense there. Final five minutes, Jets pushing, trying to get something past Peter Mrazek. And when Gabriel Velarde scored, that was as loud as I have heard that building. I, I mean, basically, you. I have no idea whether they even played the Macarena because you couldn't see it. We were just kind of doing fake ass Macarena moves in the <laughs> section three sixteen because we couldn't hear it at all but uh that's how uh, that's how you celebrate a Gabriel Velarde goal and um but listen before we get to the comeback let's talk about the game and you know I have to give the Chicago Blackhawks a lot of credit like that is a team that is so outgunned when it comes to talent night in and night out right now with the roster that they're putting out there but man did they not make it easy for the Winnipeg Jets like Luke Richardson deserves a ton of credit for squeezing every ounce out of the players that he had in his lineup and playing a style of hockey that can be very, very frustrating. And I sort of mentioned it going into yesterday's game. Yeah, I mean, you look at these teams on paper and what's going on, pretty clear what you expect to happen. But that was the same situation with the Calgary Flames on the weekend. They lost to Chicago. And I mean, the Edmonton Oilers were held to 15 shots. And Connor... I thought their sticks were so good. Cole Perfetti must have made 10 passes last night that got nicked or touched or something like that by the um, uh, by that team. And I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, they deserve to hang around in that game. Um, but credit to the Winnipeg Jets for, I mean, you could have said, hey, this is one of those games. We've won all these. It's going to happen every now and then. Um, but they absolutely did not quit. They fought right to the end. And uh, that game turned around very quickly in the final five minutes. And in a game where you lose your top line center in the, what, the first minute of the second period. So it's, it was a, a great win for Winnipeg and, and one that maybe they didn't like 56 minutes of their game. But like you said, how many times have we seen Cole Perfetti just slide pucks through defenders into spots that we weren't expecting or only he can see? Uh, and last night just felt like those passing lanes weren't there for the majority. And then who's the guy to, get, to, to hit those passing lanes? Adam Lowry. Uh, gets moved up to the top line with Mark Scheifele injured, feeds a gorgeous pass to Gabriel Velarde, and then on Nikolai Ehlers' goal, does a little touch pass in the neutral zone, gives Ehlers the space to run into it, skate into it with speed, and the rest is history. The Jets come away with two points. But yeah, like you said, I was really impressed with Chicago's game as well, and when you take into account the fact they held the Edmonton Oilers to 15 shots the night before, um, you can see why, because they were playing a good defensive style, Peter Mrazek was making some big saves. He stopped Velarde on a breakaway early. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, I wasn't 
uh, it wasn't, it was a lot closer than I thought it would be. But when you take into account how Chicago's been playing recently, um, it wasn't all that surprising. But yeah, without Mark Shifley, huge win. Yeah, well, let's get to Mark Shifley because he exited in the first period and it was a little ominous. I mean, it wasn't a big, I mean, a lot of people were going, well, what the heck happened to Shife? Um, it, it looked like um, he was just skating really hard on a back check and sort of pulled up, went to the room, and they immediately uh, they immediately ruled him out. And that, I think, was a real cause for concern. Rick Bonus had no update after the game. But, um, Connor, just in the last, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, we've got an update from the Jet dressing room. And uh, I guess all things considered about as good of news as we could have expected for 55. Yeah, Rick Bonus. I, I obviously wasn't at practice today, but the guys, uh, the local media there, you know, Scott Billick, Mitch Clinton, Mike McIntyre, all those guys there covering uh, Rick Bonus saying that Mark Shifley's day-to-day um, and he won't rule him out for Saturday, which is obviously, like you said, great news. Another thing uh, that they made note of was Nikolai Ehlers left practice today after a short talk with Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus said that was precautionary, uh, and Ehlers is dealing with a bit of an upper body issue. So I would expect Ehlers to be in the lineup on Saturday. Mark Shifley's maybe a bit more of a toss-up, but like you said, all in all, good news. And the Jets have a game Saturday and then Tuesday to wrap up the homestand, and then they get a few days off. And then they play next Saturday in Ottawa. Um, so maybe Mark Shifley, you know, gets 100% healthy, takes his time and comes back next Saturday. Um, but like you said, Rick Bonus didn't even rule him out for tomorrow night's game. So we'll see. But all in all, good news for for Winnipeg. Well, I would. Uh, I, and again, I mean, it's it, you have to think big picture right now with where the team is in the standings. Um, but against a team like Philly, you sure would love to have your number one center. And, and to be honest, when you, you know, I, I think back to the second period and just how ugly and sort of disjointed it was. And Bone said afterwards, they didn't like their second period. Uh, a big part of that was just trying to find themselves with, um, I mean, such a big hole that affects so many different aspects of the Jets attack. And, um, you know, credit to them. I mean, at one point, Bellardi was in the middle. Um, but as you mentioned, I mean, Adam Lowry stepping up in such a big way, um, later on. And I, I love the way that the, the team was moving the puck around in the third period, but it's sometimes they were maybe trying to get a little too cute. And Hey, listen, sometimes that happens when a goalie maybe is making some big saves and you figure right. you really need to create more space there. Uh, in the last five minutes, it was get the puck to the net and <laughs> We've talked about Gabriel Velarde and where he scores his goals from. Um, he just puts his keister in front of the net. And with a pair of hands like that, you stick it in the way Adam Lowry did, and you got a pretty good chance of it going in. And uh, that was a roar that we'll remember for a while, as we mentioned, is just how loud it was. And uh, it was a long time coming because uh, the Jets really stepped up their game in the third period, but it took quite a while for them to earn uh, a goal on Peter Mrazek. And then, Obviously, another one came shortly there afterwards to win it in regulation. Yeah, I and then you you talked about the roar there from the crowd, and earlier you couldn't really hear the Macarena. Funny enough, every time Velarde scores, we, we've been on this program before talking about the Macarena. I pull my phone out to film the Macarena on the Jumbotron because usually the they, they pan to people, you know, doing the whole dance, um, and then that's, that's like a good clip, but you couldn't even hear it. Like, I, I filmed it. And you couldn't even hear the dance and people weren't really dancing because like you said, sold out crowd, they went nuts. Um, but yeah, Gabriel Vlari always open in front of the net. I actually asked Rick bonus after the game about it because it just feels like he's always open. 
Um, it's like an NFL wide receiver when they're in one-on-one. You can just throw it to them and and you know they're going to be open. It's like Velarde in front of the net. Uh, and Bonus kind of said how he's a big guy. You can't move him. And he knows exactly the right time to move away from coverage, which if you look at that goal was exactly that. He's he's kind of tied up with with the defenseman in front, kind of standing close to him, and then immediately pops out when Lowry you know, gets space. Lowry throws it to him. And then, yeah, like you said, the hands do the rest, um, tucking it five hole and the crowd goes nuts. And then, yeah, we'll we'll get into the game winner, I'm sure. But yeah, Velarde in front of the net just feels like he's always open. Well, and, and, and you know, we may as well move on to uh, to that game winner with just over a minute left. And I, I thought that, you know, especially in the absence of Shifley in the third period, Nikolai Ehlers was stepping up, was looking more dangerous, had the puck on his stick a little bit more. Um, but honestly, the chance that he scored on was not one the Jets got very many of. Um, and again, this is credit to Chicago for sort of clogging up the neutral zone. They did not give the Jets many odd man rushes whatsoever. Um, but for Nikolai Ehlers, it only takes one. And he got in there and made absolutely no mistake after missing the net a couple times on previous chances earlier in that third period. There was one, like the previous shift for Ehlers, where it was a three-on-two. I'm not sure who it was, but they dropped it to him. And he had all day to wind up. We know Nikolai Ehlers loves to take slap shots. He winds up, and it goes way over the net. Like, it wasn't even close. I thought it was about to go out of play. Uh, and then, obviously, he gets the next chance. He goes for the wrist shot this time and tucks it post and in. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I can't, like, my memory isn't great on this kind of stuff, but I think that's the loudest I've heard this building all year. Like, sold-out crowd. You just tied the game up. Ehlers on a breakaway, everyone, or like a partial breakaway, everyone knows that's one of the best players, like most skilled players on the team. He's got a chance to win the game. The anticipation builds and then he scores and everyone just goes nuts. Um, I think that that was probably the loudest moment inside the arena this year. And rightfully so. What a way to win a hockey game. Like, unbelievable. Well, and they've done it in a few different ways. That was probably not the way people expected. And I mean, listen, uh, I, I've been around this team long enough. And uh, and just in, in general, in Winnipeg pro sports, to see teams with the opportunity to do big things in front of great crowds come up a little short. And, you know, we were feeling that possibility. And listen, this team has earned a mulligan or two. If they had lost, I mean, we weren't going to be sitting yeah. here you know, all doom and gloom going, I can't believe that happened but it says a lot about the will in that team to uh, battle back and, and find a way in a game that they really weren't their best for the majority of the 60 minutes. I was thinking about you, my friend in the third period, because <laughs> of course it's one, nothing we're getting into the second half of the third period. And I'm like, Connor just basically came on the show and said, the jets were going to sweep these five, these five <laughs> games. We got the first four. And uh, I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a very interesting opening segment of the show tomorrow because I was maybe going to blame you. Not for sure, but there would have been a little bit of heat going forward. But that being said, take your victory lap. You called it and they uh, they did run the table. Yes, thank you for setting me up for that. Yeah, I honestly I, I hadn't thought about that until like midway through the third. And I was like, oh, boy, this I'm, I'm going to be on WST tomorrow. Like I'm going to get called out for it. It's not going to be good. Um, but no, they, they swept the table. That was what last Monday uh, and that's San Jose, Anaheim, Arizona, Columbus, Chicago. Five teams, like I said back then, they should have beat um, and they did. And I also said like these teams aren't scoring more than three goals. And they didn't. That streak is still alive. 
Um, so yeah, I guess thanks to the Winnipeg Jets for for making me look smart and running the table and and keeping this goal streak alive. And a big part of that goal streak is the goaltending. Lauren Bersois, the one goalie gave up last night. There's he had no chance. He couldn't see it. Incredible um, shot by Connor Murphy. Oh yeah, in, incredible shot. Great screen. You you can't really blame the goaltender for that one. And then outside of that, he was exactly what you want your backup goaltender to be against a, a bottom team in the NHL. He made some big saves and the Jets only gave up one goal. And now they're setting another streak with these two goals or less allowed. It's just, they're getting better. Well, it's, and it's listen, weird. hey, just quickly, um, shout out to everybody in chat, Ben, already over 500 is that it continues to grow. Um, I see Gary Reed in here, first time listener. Gary, what's going on? Great to have you and everyone else new. Hit that subscribe button. We're here every day, one o'clock live on YouTube. Uh, and I'd also suggest if you found us on YouTube, wherever you get your favorite podcast, just type in Winnipeg Sports Talk and subscribe or follow. Um, and if you're not able to join us live for the program, the audio feed will uh, be in your inbox right around 3.30 so you can uh, listen to it in your whip uh, when you're uh, kicking around the uh, around town or on your way home from work. And I see Zach Thompson, Zachary Thompson just popped in. Any Shife news? Yes, uh, we just mentioned this about 10 minutes ago, but Rick Bonus said that it uh, it is day-to-day. Um, you know, there's not any, at least at this point, we've seen day-to-days turn into week-to-weeks before, um, but he is categorized as day-to-day and is not ruled out for tomorrow's game. Um, so uh, we'll look forward to uh, some reports tomorrow from the morning skate as to uh, whether they think Mark Shifley will be able to go. And of course, the IC guys will be all over that tomorrow with their morning show heading into tomorrow's six o'clock puck drop. Still some tickets for that game. I can tell you last night, I mean, it was no Picasso. Um, but man, with this team playing the way they are in a full building, there is nothing like it. If you don't already have plans for that game tomorrow or Tuesday against the New York Islanders, uh, pick up some tickets at jets.com slash tickets. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the building. Um, one other thing that came out of this from last night, uh, Connor, and I may as well do this. I'm not waiting for the National Hockey League to make any official announcements. We will do it ourselves here first on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Connor Hellebuck is going to have some company. Congratulations to the man, Rick Bonus. The Bones chain is out for today. Bones will be the all-star coach. And allow me to throw the Bones chain on. Congratulating the guy. There we go. All-star Bones heading there. And that had been something we'd been following all week, uh, Connor. I think it was pretty much assured already before last night. But we needed to wait to see if the uh, team would win that game. They've got three points clear on Colorado. They've got a game in hand. The decision is made this weekend. So let's just jump the gun and congratulate Bones for uh, being an all-star. And uh, I can't imagine, I mean, listen, there's a lot of deserving individuals involved with this team, and it doesn't look like the fan vote is going to go the way of Morrissey or Shifley or Ehlers. Um, But this is done on account of what his team has done and not, the Winnipeg Jets have got bones to the all-star game, and that is great. And yeah, there's there's deserving players, but I'd argue there's no more deserving coach across the entire NHL for an all-star bid than Rick Bonus. I mean, he missed uh, the month tending to his wife um, and then came back, and this team has been the best team in the NHL since the start of November. 
um, and easily the best team in the NHL since the start of November. It hasn't been close. They haven't given up goals. Um, the, the system that they're playing in, the ability to get players to buy in, we talk about Mark Shifley's two-way game and how that's improved this year. Well, that's coaching. That's Rick Bonus. That's the system. Um, you talk about Dylan DeMello and Brendan Dillon, who are pending UFAs, but they're having great seasons um, on the wrong age of 30. But that's the system. They're playing They're playing into the system. These are defensive players. Everyone's bought in. This team is deep, but without without this buy-in, without this collective, um, just the system has been incredible. And that that's all Rick Bonus. It's all the coaching staff. He's 100% earned it. Um, and it, it couldn't have happened to a, a better person either. Rick Bonus. Um, just just a great human being and I, I'm happy for him because he he really deserved this and and this team earned this for bonus no doubt about it um, now listen I'm gonna uh, have Brandon jump on in a minute but um Connor just a quick thought on uh, the challenge for uh, the Jets they continue their homestand and hopefully continue their winning streak tomorrow against a flyer team that I can tell you in the lock shop we've been following this team all year long they have been a problem on the road all year long and have won a ton of games as significant underdogs you know the jets will be favored tomorrow but um they i i would suggest that despite early season expectations of what philly would be this is going to be well moving up a weight class for what they've been dealing with over the last five games with your predetermined five game sweep well torts has him playing hard john tortorella that's that's what he does right um he's taking a team that on paper not the best, not not a team that you would think would be in the playoff hunt, but here they are. And the they made headlines uh, this week, trading their top prospect or one of Cutter Gauthier, fifth overall pick in 2022 to the Ducks. And in return, they got Jamie Drysdale, right-handed defenseman, young, high pick as well, first round pick. And he actually made his debut the other night, I think in a home game against Montreal. Um, so we'll see him in Canada Life Center tomorrow night. He's a smooth skater. You can't really miss him. He'll play a lot of minutes. Uh, but yeah, John Tortorella has done a great job with this group as well. Uh, Sean Couturier, who's missed, I, I believe, the last two seasons with injury, has come back and has been a top line center in every sense of the word. Um, he's he's been great, and and yeah, <laughs> I've said John Tortorella's name like three four times now, but you can't you can't talk about this team without mentioning what he's done and getting them to buy in. We talk about it with bonus. Tortorella's got them to buy in, and they they just added to their team, so that they're a team to watch for in the East and. These are two teams that are going to work hard. So it's going to be a hardworking game inside Canada Life Center. And if it's a good crowd, it could get things could get uh, feisty. There could be some fights, some big hits, and uh, it could be a, an entertainment packed game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, then uh, hopefully we'll uh, you know we'll fill the rest of uh, the seats that are available for the game tomorrow night, and uh, you know uh, continue a, a packed house and uh, the winning ways. Hey, just quickly, and I, I'm going to ask Brandon a little bit more about this. You mentioned Sean Couturier, and Couturier has been a name that has been mentioned, um, you know, with many Jet social media circles about, um, you know, a guy that could, you know, would be a huge ad for the Jets. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but that contract, I mean, I, I'm, I'm out on, I'm out on the concept of even trying to go down that road with Couturier because. Um, first of all, as you mentioned, he has a, a big-time injury history. I mean, 29 games last year, 45 games the year before. Um, if he had an expiring contract or one more year, I'd be in. He's signed, though, through 2030 or 2031. Um, it is a long, long time and a big, big ad. 
Um, so while I think that there'd be a play, be a player that, you know, would certainly help the Winnipeg Jets in the short term. Um, when you look at the other guys that'll need to be signed, Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connors deals going up. I'm not sure what that does long-term to the big picture. So uh, if I'm Kevin Sheveldayoff, I'm sort of looking at other options with less term, um, despite the fact that Kachuri is a hell of a player. And if you could tell me you could have him for the rest of the season, he would be a big, big add to a Winnipeg Jet team going into the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I agree with everything you said there. And the Jets, we know they like term, but I don't know if they like that much term at that price tag um, for a player with that injury history, right? They're, they traded for Nino Niederreiter. He had an extra year left, so they can negotiate for another year, and then they ended up extending him. Um, and another kind of layer to this is the fact that Philly's in a playoff spot, or like they're in the playoff hunt. Um, I've seen Travis Konechny, yeah. who I've brought up as a player that um, I would love to see the Jets add. Sean Walker was a depth defenseman that I thought would really help the Jets on the right side. Um, but the Flyers just kind of keep fighting they stay in the hunt and if they're right there or right around it or in a playoff spot come february late february um i don't know if they are gonna sell maybe players that are pending ufas they'll look to sell like a a nashville last year where they they sold despite the fact they're in a playoff spot but yeah i i, I don't see philly selling especially if they're they're in it come february hey shout out to owen catelli what a lot I uh, dropped a nice little super chat with a happy birthday to uh, to one M. Remus. Hey, uh, just a quick shout out back to Mission Control and Alex. Alex, I can't see all the windows. Is uh, is Brandon there? I'm going to see if we know that uh, that Rewiki's around um, because I know he was going to be jumping in and around. We're going to talk to Brandon for a couple minutes, for a few minutes, and then uh, – and then we'll get into uh, to Rucker McGrory. Um, Connor, hang tight. Uh, we've got Rucker coming up, a few of the fellows. Uh, we're going to come back. We have to talk about, and this is nice for you, no skin in the game this weekend. Your boys have earned the number one seed. You're an observer oh, yeah. this weekend. So uh, we'll get into that with the cool bet lines later on. We'll do the marbles as well. Uh, and, uh, of course, we've got Rucker McGrory coming up after Brandon Rewicki. But uh, hang tight. Connor will be back a little bit later on. We're going to get into our guests. Um, just before we do that, though, let me give a big shout out to our friends at Canadian Club. As I mentioned, uh, the winds just keep on rolling and we continue to toast victories with Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, also official sponsor of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Pop by for the weekend to your local Manitoba Liquor Mart and check out all the Canadian Club favorites, including CC Original, 100% Rye, and CC Classic 12-year-old. And don't forget, limited availabilities left of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. 15-year-old Sherry Cask, signature CC Classic 12-year-old whiskey, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks, all the hallmarks of Classic Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. You can uh, pick that up today at your local liquor marts. And uh, again, remember, this weekend and always, please, enjoy responsibly um we got to give a big shout out to our friends at manitoba battery uh we've been warning you all that sooner or later it was going to get cold now it's not quite edmonton cold i was talking with dusty it's minus 38 there, going down to minus 42 like not windshield actual temperature right now but if you look at our forecast we got a good five plus days coming up with daytime highs only in the minus 20s which means you better make sure that your battery is good to go if you need one 
Call Manitoba Battery. They'll deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg for over 60 bucks. They've got the best prices in town. And in addition to that, You'll be able to shop local at a second location. Manitoba Batteries open up a new one at 452 Dover Court for you folks in the south side of the city. Uh, we'll have sale and grand opening specials coming up in the coming weeks uh, when it's officially open. But uh, Donnie and the gang want to thank all Winnipeg Sports Talk fans for making Manitoba Battery one of the WSD family. But for right now, make sure that you're not on the side of the road calling one of your buddies for a boost or a lift. Get a battery, manitobabattery.com, and uh, give them a phone call, 204-783-8787, and they can get out to you anywhere in the city. And just before we bring in Brandon Rewicki, who is synonymous with great hair, uh, speaking of great hair, guys, if you need to get a cut or looking good for the new year, get on over to Modern Man Barbershops, now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road, Modern Man's got you covered with a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. You can book your look right now via modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow as well on Instagram over at Modern Man Barbershops. All right, let's get Brandon in here for a weekly visit with the man behind skates and plates. Rue, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are things over there? Well, things are great. Alex is holding it down today. We had Connor in uh, to hang out for the show. Remus is off enjoying a little uh, birthday Friday off. And uh, listen, we just keep on winning. Um, it's uh, There it is. We've got a three box right now with Remus. Spending a little bit of time at the gym and then uh, maybe, a, maybe a spa day later on. But uh, tell you what, um, it's been fun. I mean, for the last three weeks, we've sort of had you on. And uh, all we have to do is talk about wins. But the wins have kept on coming. And how about that? Now for a full week, the top of the National Hockey League standings. A little bit of a cushion, if you want to call it that, over Colorado. Three points and a game in hand. And even with the Vancouver Canucks continuing to tear it up on the road, the Jets have kept pace. And uh, you fire it up and you look way, way up. And there's the Winnipeg Jets at number one in the NHL. It's a beautiful sight, Hus. It's a beautiful sight to see. And it's it's completely well-deserved and, and, and earned. Earned the right way, right? There's no... I know that's the thing around Vancouver right now. PDO has been trending in Vancouver for like two and a half months. But I mean, even when the Jets have their C game, like they did against Chicago last night, right? I mean, that, that's what great teams do. You find a way to win even when you're not playing your best. So um, it, it's pretty exciting. But like you said, the cushion there is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty coming in handy right now. Because at least for the next six games until the All-Star break, with the injuries, guys coming back, guys out of the lineup, um, you know, I, I think even with eight straight and you can get to nine or 10, that would be awesome. But if they can go three and three in this, in this next six game stretch, I, I think that's about as good as any of us could have hoped for. And then everybody's rested, refreshed or rejuvenated to go for the stretch run, which is now not a fight for a playoff spot, but a fight for home ice throughout at least the Western conference, maybe throughout the entire playoffs. Uh, Hey, shout out to Derek Schmidt. What up, Derek? Great to see you. I popped into him at the end of the game. Everyone was in good spirits, obviously, afterwards. Derek just gifted five Winnipeg Sports Talk memberships. So if all of a sudden you're wondering what that microphone is behind, uh, beside your name, first of all, you can use all those cool emojis, including the Bones. Shout out to Bones for being the all-star coach. Um, but uh, you can use those as well and give a thanks to uh, to Derek for making that happen. Um, you know, as far as last night's game, you sort of nailed it, finding a way to win when you weren't at your best. 
um, you know, it, it did get a little discombobulated there in the second period when it was sort of finding their way without Mark Shifley. And, and as I said, right off the top of the show, um, I do give Chicago a lot of credit. This team is so undermanned um, and they're not making it easy for opponents. I mean, they were getting in lanes, they were getting their sticks on pucks. I mean, they really did a lot to minimize the, uh, the attack that the Jets had been so far and they'd done it beating Calgary earlier and still have no idea how they held Edmonton to 15 shots in a game, but they did exactly that. Um, but as you mentioned, they found a way to do it. Um, Shifley, great news on Shifley. I mean, you realize how big of a piece he is and how important. I mean, there's a few guys that you really can't afford to lose. He's at the top of that list along with Hellebuck. Uh, but day-to-day right now, and Brandon, apparently a possibility for tomorrow night's big game against uh, the Flyers. Yeah, I, you know, even if it would have been, you know, for the rest of the month, that that, that would have been okay, right? You avoid any sort of worst-case scenarios there. So it, it didn't look all that serious when it happened. So, hey, at this point, play better safe than sorry, right? So that that that's big. You know, I, I, I would have been kind of intrigued to see if he had missed a handful of games, how the Jets would have gone about filling that void. Because in a way, it could have been a bit of a mini trial for, you know, either Perfetti or Velarde to get a chance down the middle for a handful of games. I, I would have been intrigued to see, one, who the team would have tabbed to have that, that, that first crack at center. Um, and then how they would have performed there. Because it, it would have been a pretty, I mean, look, we know the trade deadline is only six, seven weeks away, something like that. You know, you you there, there's going to have to be decisions on what the assets are going out and how big the assets are coming in, and it might have been in a serendipitous sort of a way a, a, an interesting opportunity for the Jets to see how either of those young kids would have performed there. But I mean, all in all, you'd rather have Mark Shafley healthy and not have to worry about that. So yeah, I mean, if if he needs to take the weekend off, you know, I'll I'll be at the game tomorrow night. Take the weekend off, man. No need to rush into that game against Philly. The Flyers need all the help we can get. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But even if it is a one-game thing, you know, just just to see the the mindset, I guess, or the the reasoning behind what the coaching staff is thinking in terms of who might be the potential next man up or the second line center if Nemesnikov gets slotted, you know, lower down the lineup. Oh, always intrigued to see and get a little bit of a peek behind what the team is thinking with their players. Hey, um, listen, while we're talking about Philly, I've actually been looking forward to having you on all week, considering what happened earlier. Um, oh, why? <laughs> take us through. Uh, well, first of all, what did you think of the trade um, in the entire circumstance? I, I will say this. When they made the trade and, like, the coach, or not as much the coach, Torts was on the ice. It happened during a game. But Briere, Keith Jones, the CEO are all doing <laughs> interviews right afterwards. I mean, they literally had every member of the organization kind of with a full on-court media press. Um, it sounds like they were sort of forced into it. I don't think Kurt Overhart and the Go- uh, Goche people look very good about the way that it's been handled. Um, but it was quite oh, clear. No, the message, no. you, don't, you don't want to be a flyer. We don't want you. Um, we don't need to go down the Kevin Hayes road with Anthony Sanfilippo who got smacked upside the head verbally by torts yesterday but uh just your thoughts on um you know have trading cutter gotier what led to that um but also the return with a pretty damn talented young guy and jamie drysdale joining the blue line as well as a second round pick 
Well, that's the main thing in all this, Huss, is that we need to make sure Kurt Overhart's feelings aren't affected by this whatsoever. So if he, <laughs> as long as we make sure he's okay, then that's the main issue here. I, I was going to see, I, was, I wanted to know if you knew who his agent was, and I was going to give you a couple guesses, but the first few didn't count. But you're, you're on your game. <laughs> your research team is, is, is on it. Um, I mean, look, the, I guess the initial breakdown of the situation is it's an entitled kid that's getting, in my opinion, bad advice and, and handling things poorly, trying to get his way because he wasn't happy with how the organization was handling him specifically. Um, and, and Kurt Overhart has a history in, in how he deals with this for his clients, and he's very successful at doing that. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure his client's happy. I do wonder at some point, though, like how many GMs he burns that are like, yeah, we're not going to deal with too many of overhard clients over uh, the next handful of years thank you very much because we don't like being forced into shipping off our high-end talent because you're not enjoying your stay in this particular organization that's invested many resources and dollars and time into your clients um but i i do love <laughs> i mean i don't know how you couldn't love the full court press afterwards where <laughs> i mean you shouldn't be happy that you're slamming a 19 year old but the, the flyers they, they've just been so apathetic for so many years now. And I'm a big believer in certain organizations, you know, the Raiders probably being their, their next uh, closest to kin, that they, they need a little juice in, in the organization for them to ultimately, you know, be the team that everybody knows that they can be. I, I, think, I think this can really be a galvanizing moment for, for the Flyers as a whole. Um, I, I want, you know, it's not the perfect example, but I mean, look, we we're seeing what's happening here in Winnipeg. Somebody doesn't want to be here. That's fine with us. We'll find guys that do and ultimately ends up working out better for the team as a whole. So, um, we'll see. I mean, look, there, the other harsh reality of it is, is that he's a top five prospect in hockey. You know, I can, I can do a quick 180 and go from, he's going to be the team's number one center to he's a bust in, you know, a couple of hours once I find out about the trade. But the reality is he's, you know, potential 40, 50 goal scorer can either play center or wing. But at the very least, you know, in a, in a brutal situation for Danny Briere to come out of it with, you know, a sixth overall pick and a likely high second round pick, I don't know how you could have done any better than that. So I like, it's funny to me, it does pretty closely mirror the situation the Jets and Chevy found themselves in with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And while they traded the quote-unquote most talented player in the deal, things are working out very well for the Jets right now. My hope is that probably in a couple years, it's it's following a similar pattern for the Flyers. But yeah, good riddance, quitter Gauthier. <laughs> um, Drysdale's a hell of a player. Um, and I think that he is going, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what he looks like tomorrow night uh, when the Jets are taking him on and how he fits into that crew. Uh, we've talked about the job that Torts has done all year long. I mean, listen, at the beginning of the season, I mean, our conversations were, oh, all the guys the Flyers were going to trade as they continue their rebuild. Well, not so fast. This team's winning hockey games. They are a very, very tough out night in and night out, and they're hanging in there. All that being said, though, tomorrow, and you know this team very well, as well as the Winnipeg Jets, considering what the Jets might be looking for. And let's just say that the Flyers are open for business in a six-week period of time as we get closer to the deadline. For Jet fans at this game tomorrow, who are some of the players that, in your mind, would be attractive to Winnipeg that might be potential pieces if Philly gets into a position that they're 
um, that they're, you know, willing to sell on a, on a piece or two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think they're still going to sell. Um, you know, I, it's funny because I think the, the Goche Drysdale trade actually helps them because I mean, walk Sean Walker and Nick Sealer on the back end are both pending UFAs and it kind of makes it easy for them where it's like, Hey, we'll move these guys out, but we got somebody that's already in here. The loss is somewhat mitigated and, you know, you can kind of ease a little bit of potential angst inside the dressing room there. But I, I, I do think they're going to trade um, both Walker and Sealer. I don't think that helps the Jets out really in any way. I, I don't think those are great targets for them. I, I just don't think Philly is a great trade destination or, or trade partner with Winnipeg in terms of what they're looking for right now. I mean, the big, the big thing's going to be for the Jets is finding a second line center or, or whatever you want to call it, but another piece down the middle. And I mean, the Flyers aren't trading Sean Couturier and the other pieces they have just, I, I don't think are going to be noteworthy enough or impactful enough for the Jets to, to make a bit of a run at the only one that, that might maybe, maybe, maybe be, but I, I, again, I just don't think the fits there for Winnipeg could potentially be Scott Lawton. He's not having the best year this year, but he, he, he is, he's kind of, he's like Vladdy Domestnikov East in a way. You know, he's a guy that you can basically throw in at any point in your lineup, center, wing versatility, penalty kill, grit, like all, all that stuff. He, he, he's able, I mean, he's a very valuable piece to, to a forward group. I just don't know if the Jets and the Flyers with, with what the, that is potentially on the block here are going to be trade partners here. I mean, even if, I, I don't think they will, but even if say someone like Travis Konechny came on the block, I just don't know if it makes sense for the Jets to give up big assets for another winger. Like, to me, it's just, if we want to give up high-end prospects, first-round picks, it's got to be for a guy exclusively that plays down the middle. Yeah, well, I mean, Sidney Crosby, of course, uh, thanks to Hammer stirring it up on the uh, on uh, IC and on the shows this week. I have had more questions about Sid. Don't think he's on the block anytime <laughs> soon, but uh, dare to dream, I guess. Um Root, great stuff. Uh, I guess uh, some new skates and plates available right now. And uh, obviously a big game tomorrow that uh, you'll be there watching uh, the two teams you follow most closely. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there live in person. So we'll see how it goes. I won't boo. I'm a nice fan, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, uh, new skates and plates drop this morning. And then we'll have another one coming out on uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, talking about the weekend that was and See if any overheart clients uh, request to trade out of town in the meantime. Might happen. It's only a couple <laughs> days away, so we might get one or two. Uh, we'll enjoy the game tomorrow. Not too much, though. Thanks for doing this, bud. <laughs> Sounds good. Have a good one. There's Brandon Rewicki. Uh, we'll have more on the Jets, Flyers, and more with Ken Weeb coming up in just a couple of minutes. But as we mentioned, there are still some seats available for that game tomorrow night. Saturday night, the team on a franchise record winning streak. Where else would you rather be than Canada Life Center with 15,000 of your closest friends? If you haven't already, get tickets for tomorrow night's game. And, of course, the finale of the homestand next uh, Tuesday against the New York Islanders. A much lighter schedule for the Jets next week, um, playing the Islanders at home and then three days off before beginning their road trip in Ottawa. So just two chances uh, until that Leaf game at the final uh, game of uh, January to get out. So uh, we're seeing some real positive momentum on the ice and certainly positive momentum at the stands. If you haven't already, get to winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Uh, and as well, they certainly are moving packages, 
trying to get people back into season tickets. Uh, you'll be able to get playoff tickets, the best seats around. Um, you can go to the Winnipeg Jets website to do that if you've been thinking about it. Uh, that's the way we're going to solve all these problems with attendance is uh, to get that season ticket base right back up. Um, hey, uh, shout out to our friends at Wallace & Wallace, the fencing and overhead door leaders in town since 1946. I mean, you've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. What you might not know is they're uh, also the go-to folks for overhead doors. Not only are they the Clopay dealer in Manitoba with the biggest selection of overhead doors for your home, uh, but they're also the leaders in maintenance. Um, and right now, this is the time where your overhead door is going to be working as hard as it does all year long. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. That is Wallace & Wallace. And hey, of course, our friends at F Apparel have been making Winnipeg men look good for years. And uh, guys, if you are looking into your closet, realizing it's time to step up your menswear game, get on down to F at 190 Smith Street downtown and talk to Andrew, Alex, and their great staff about their made-to-fit custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And hey, if you got a big day in your future, i.e. getting married or in a wedding party, make sure you talk to the fellas at F about a 15% discount when the wedding party gets their suits at F Apparel. Again, F's down at 190 Smith Street. You can find out more online or make an appointment to go in and see them at F. That's E-P-H-Apparel.com. All right, we're uh, going to wait for Kenny to come in. We've got a good why not question of the day about the uh, Jets and where they go from here. Um, but Weaver's going to come up in about tw- uh, 15 minutes or so. We will have Hacksaw Hamilton. Uh, but I know we were hoping to do this on Wednesday, but we've got it for you today. What a way to go into the weekend with a visit with arguably the Winnipeg Jets' number one prospect, 2022 first-rounder Rucker McGrory, and now the world junior champion, joins us now on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Rucker, thanks so much for doing this. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. Uh, I always love coming on this show, and I think it's pretty cool. So uh, thank you. Well, uh, congratulations. First off, uh, pretty awesome uh, Christmas holidays for uh, you and the fellas. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, anytime you get to throw on that USA jersey with that group of guys, especially like with how close our group got this year, I think it was pretty cool. So uh, going over there to Sweden and winning a gold medal was a lot of fun. You know, um, listen, I mean, I got to kind of back track a little bit beforehand i mean uh, you had a what seemed like a pretty serious injury that cost you some games with michigan H- how was your recovery from it and, and and how concerned were you that it might cost you your chance to represent your country at the worlds uh yeah i mean it was really scary i mean anytime at first like i i wasn't even thinking about that like i was just fighting for my every breath i feel like it really shows you like what you care about and when you go through something like that and I feel like my family was by my side and uh my friends my teammates my girlfriend I feel like everybody was right next to me the whole time and it was uh really cool to see uh just all those people help me and uh help me get through it the boys coming to visit me in the hospital my family sleeping by my bed my girlfriend like it's just uh I mean I can't say enough nice things about those people that helped me and uh and then like on the world juniors topic I feel like uh yeah it was scary I think uh 
it was the night after or yeah the night it was like a day or two after the injury um my agents came in my family was there my girlfriend was there and we we just talked and it was like i i don't see how i'm gonna be able to go to world juniors so i'm sitting there crying in my hospital bed i'm freaking out i'm overwhelmed i'm panicking i don't know what to do and then we kind of just put together a step-by-step day-by-day plan of how this could possibly work and everything went perfect and everything went great my uh brian brewster here at michigan he helped me out every step of the way usa offered whatever i needed and uh, i was it was it was definitely pretty scary but uh, i mean i'm happy that i could go and win the gold medal how long uh dude how, how long were you laid out in the hospital for uh and, and at what point did it seem maybe realistic that you might be able to join team usa yeah so i was in the hospital for four days um i've seen a bunch of different things saying that like i was in the hospital for like two weeks and i'm like ah no i wasn't i was only in the hospital for four days and uh but like i it was four days but i mean it could have been like so i was in the hospital for four days and then i sat on my couch for a week because like there was a problem with my lung and like you can't do anything like you can't even walk too fast or like something could happen so I literally just had to sit on my couch, lay down in bed, do absolutely nothing for about a week straight. And then after that, my lung was 100% healed. And then I could start working out as soon as it was healed. You seem like a pretty high uh, energy individual. I I can't imagine that was easy just sitting around and doing nothing for a week. Yeah, I was freaking out. I was freaking out. Um, Actually, like every, again, like everybody helped me out so much. Like, like my my coach and I started talking, watching watching so much video. Uh, he even gave me a great book to read, and uh, I feel like every like like everybody was just like giving me something to do. I was always talking, like uh, a lot of game pigeon on my phone on the text, uh, a lot of YouTube, uh, a lot of. Ne- I think I finished Netflix actually, uh, and it was, yeah, it was kind of it was it was funny though. It was it was good. Uh, so, you know, you obviously progress well enough to be a part of the team, but I don't even think you played in the pre-tournament games. I mean, fill us in a little bit on what that sort of week, two weeks was like as the team was together playing and you're working towards getting the green light to be able to uh, put that jersey on and be out there with your teammates. Yeah, so um, I was cleared, like, I was cleared for the first game because, like, the injury I had, like, it just, like, you knew it was, like, just a certain amount of time. Like, it's not, like... Like you have to go in for like your final X-ray, whatever. Like, like you knew that at this point I'm good. But like we were like pushing it, like, like it wasn't like crazy, but like it was like a couple days too early was the opening game, and um, and I was like, the doctors were like, I mean, like you're healing actually like a lot faster than normal. I mean, we won't be able to like do a final X-ray in Sweden, but like you like you're good to go for the first game. And I'm like, all right, perfect. And then there was an opportunity to play versus Canada in our second exhibition game. And I mean, our coaching staff and Mr. Like coach or Mr. Van Beesbrook and I were all kind of just like, I mean, like I've had this plan of playing in game one, like what's the risk of playing in the exhibition game. So uh, I was kind of just practicing. I took contact one time before uh, or twice before our first game. Uh, And so Kind of just had to get the cobwebs out, uh, get the rust off, just kind of take my first contact. and uh, But it was good. 
how good it feel to get finally get back out there and uh, drop the puck and uh, be in any game, never mind a game of such importance at the World Juniors. Uh, yeah, I mean, any, I mean, hockey's a sport that we all love, and it's really cool. I mean, any time that uh, you can put on put on the Michigan sweater or USA sweater, I feel like it's unbelievable, and uh, I'm so honored to be in the spot I am right now, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely missed hockey a lot. And then, but I also think like there was a lot of things that a lot of good that came out of this as well. Cause I mean, you can't just be a one dimensional, like just a hockey player. I feel like I developed so many like different aspects in my life of, uh, finding new hobbies, new stuff to do. So, uh, I feel like I, there's actually a lot of good to come out of this as well. Rucker McGordy with us on Winnipeg sports talk. Uh, Obviously, your team had a great tournament. I mean, uh, you were, uh, you know, uh, probably a slight favorite going in, although playing on the road. Uh, and then it finished up with uh, a showdown with the Swedes in Sweden for the gold medal. Um, I mean, just looking back at that experience, um, being there and winning the gold medal, I mean, uh, what will you take away from it as, a, as an athlete, as a player, and, uh, you know, with someone that's played for your country at a number of levels before that? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of things. I feel like, uh, I mean, anytime, like with that group, like how close we got, like that was the number one thing of our leadership group of like, like this team isn't just going to be another all-star team. Like we want to bring this team so close and do things that like not everyone would do. And I feel like we did things that maybe like, I don't like, I feel like our team just got so close and like we just had so many fun stories and fun memories that come from that trip and we did so much fun stuff and I mean obviously it worked out so uh, it was really cool and um, pretty much all I remember from that gold medal game it's actually nuts like in a game like that like Ryan Leonard scores to make it 5-2 and you just black out like it's like you you actually feel like you could get away with just about anything like like you black out the game you know you're about to get a gold medal. You are you have so much adrenaline pumping, and like you just feel like you can do like you're just on top of the world. And so all the guys were screaming at fans, chirping, whatever, like hanging out, uh, dancing, whatever it was. So it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I mean it was great to go through. You know, you mentioned how close that team is, and uh, frankly, it sounds like the team in Winnipeg right now that's on a pretty good roll right now. Uh, your role as captain, um, you know, especially considering you couldn't play until basically right when it was getting going. I mean, fill us in on, you know, what it was like to be the captain of that club and, uh, you know, what you were trying to do to kind of make everyone feel a part of it and bring that team together. Because obviously the guy with the C on his chest is a big role in that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the biggest thing for us, like, you're only as strong as, like, your weakest link technically. So like everybody just has to be on the same page. So I feel like it was so easy for me, like the buy-in of the guys and everybody was on the same page and like our leadership group of Cutter Goche, Gavin Brindley, Ryan Chesley, Lane Hudson, like those guys were, we were all on the same page. We all sent this consistent same message. Like everybody was just on the same page. And like when we talked in the locker room, like guys listened and guys respected us. I feel like that's one thing that like our leadership group did a great job of is like getting everybody's respect and like being able to mess around with the guys and have fun. But like, like once we say something like you respect us and you stay dialed in and like, so I feel like that was unbelievable. And the buy-in from the guys was like incredible. I feel like even like coach Carl, like our coach was unbelievable. Like it was, he was just saying like, it's our team. Like, I'm putting you like I'm your coach, but like 
in the locker room. It's your guys' team. You guys run the ship here. And like, you guys talk about it. You guys keep sending the same message. Like, and I mean, he just, like, there's some coaches that could like put you on a lead or like have a short leash and like not be able to do certain things. But like, he was just like, get the team super close, do your guys' thing, make sure you're all connected as one. And I mean, I feel like we did a great job of that. So it was a lot of fun. Well, uh, the gold medal around your neck spoke for themselves. Um, tell us, I mean, you guys are there and then you're all going in separate ways. Uh, what was the night like? Uh, how did you uh, and the and the team celebrate after uh, accomplishing the goal of uh, winning the World Juniors? Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, everyone was legal because everyone was over 18. So uh, we all got into a bar or whatever. And I feel like everybody just kind of, um, like, they were, we just had a spot and we, like, it was the players and the siblings. Like, it wasn't like we went anywhere nuts. I feel like everyone kind of hung out. Uh, everyone just, and everyone, like, honestly, like, yeah, you just won the World Juniors, but you you play seven games in 11 days. Like, you're gas. And, but, like, we had a fun night. I feel like everybody had a lot of fun. Uh, once we got back to the hotel, um, all of our families, all the siblings, all the parents, grandparents, everybody was in the lobby waiting for us. So we spent like an hour and a half, two hours there. And then after we went to a different spot with just the siblings and the players. And, uh, but it was awesome just kind of coming together with your family and uh, the people who helped you get there. I feel like that's the number one thing. And uh, we're also appreciative of the people that help, have helped us get here. Uh, right. You know, obviously uh, finishing that up and it's right back to uh, real life, which uh, your life right now is a, a student athlete at the University of Michigan who had a pretty big night on Monday night. Uh, what did you think of that football game? And uh, did you and the guys, uh, your teammates get ready? I can't imagine Ann Arbor was absolutely bananas when uh, the Wolverines got it done. But for the first time since 1948. Yeah, it was uh, it was banana lands for sure. It was nuts. Um, I think uh, like we all went to the same spot. We were hanging out. Uh, and like when we were walking home, like, uh, like, every single street was just flooded with people fireworks people climbing trees people coming climbing like light posts like it was ridiculous i mean but it's a once in a lifetime opportunity i mean you only go to score school for four years and i mean not everybody has a great football school and we're just i mean we got really lucky coming here and uh we're actually pretty close with the football guys like we're in a group chat with a couple of the linemen and uh it's it's a lot of fun so you ever you ever come across uh, Harbaugh, Coach Harbaugh? Uh no, no, I have not. I mean, he uh, he came into uh, like they came into the rink after they won the Big Ten last year, and then after they beat Penn State this year, and so like we saw him on the ice, like having fun. But uh, no, I've never really talked to him. You could, you could, as the captain, you could have dropped the who's got it better than us. Nobody yeah. in the dressing room after the, yeah. uh, after winning the world juniors, yeah. uh, record regardies with us here on Winnipeg sports talk. Um, listen, it's back to business, back to school and back to hockey for you. I'm sure you're really excited to get back out there with your maize and blue teammates. Give us a bit of an outlook on the rest of the season for you and the Michigan program. Uh, yeah. So for our team, I feel like it's awesome. Like we got our, we got our full team back. Uh, I feel like we we were really battling injury in the first half, and uh, it, at college it's different. Like you can't really you can't call anybody up. Like you you just have your lineup, yeah. and that's how it is. Um, so I feel like we were battling injury pretty hard, and 
Um, but also I feel like we, we got to close out games better. I feel like in the first half, like we had four or five losses that we were up by one or two going into the third period. And that just can't happen. I think uh, we got we to gotta learn how to close games out. And uh, I feel like that's uh, our coaching staff has done a great job. And uh, the first week back here and we've been talking about it and what's going to happen. Uh, and I feel like it's the University of Michigan. I feel like guys come here to win a national championship. So uh, I feel like it doesn't really, I mean, no one remembers the first half if you have a great second half. So uh, I, we're just going to have a great second half here. And uh, the buy-in's, buy-in's going to be great. We're going to be playing for each other and it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, when you see what happened on Monday night in a team that hadn't won it all since 48, get it done, and see the reaction from the student body and the city and the town, can that give you and your team a bit of a bump, if you will, when um, when you come back on, maybe not necessarily on the ice, but just the general vibe around the team of knowing knowing what can happen when you win at a school like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think we saw it a little bit last year. Uh, and then I wasn't here the year before, but the guys that were on the team, uh, I mean, we've been to back-to-back Frozen Force, so um, you kind of feel the buzz on campus and guys are talking, or uh, people are talking about the parade when we win, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, we got we to gotta get the job done. I definitely think that's motivated us a lot. I think that was a pretty consistent theme on Monday night, like guys just looking around, like saying, like, boys, like, imagine if we did this. Like, imagine if we won the national championship. Like, legends on campus forever like everybody's gonna remember you like whatever but i mean yeah like that's that's definitely a big part of it i think seeing these guys win uh definitely motivates us to uh have a great second half and uh hopefully get the job done at the end of the year and win our last game Rutgers. speaking of winning um no one's been doing more of it than the winnipeg jets over the last couple months um number one in the national hockey league right now in the overall standings have you had a chance much to uh, keep an eye on what's happening right now with the team that's drafted you and uh, tell us about contact with the club, but both during the injury and over the course of the season with the likes of, uh, you know, Jimmy and Mike Keen. Yeah. Um, I've, I've definitely been watching a little bit. I mean, while I was over in Sweden, I mean, I couldn't watch as much in pre mm-hmm. camp. I mean, you're pretty busy. So, uh, but I've been seeing updates on uh, Instagram. I've been checking scores. I mean, it's awesome to see them uh, do such a great job. I mean, from the outside looking in, like, just watching how great of a leader Adam Lowry is. I mean, it's really cool to see uh, what he's done there and how close the team has gotten. Um, and then uh, when I got hurt, I mean, I have nothing but respect for Mike Keen and Jimmy Jimmy Roy. Uh, those guys are awesome. Uh, Chevy reached out, Larry Simmons. Uh, every, like, I think I, – I, I'm sorry if I'm forgetting someone too, but I was like – I feel like the whole organization reached out. Like, I felt so loved. It's such a class act by – uh all those guys and uh yeah i felt really loved and kind of like i was saying earlier like just with how many people were by my side i mean it's it's really cool to see and uh they were always talking always talking to me uh calling me checking in probably uh two to three times a week so uh, it was really cool well, I can tell you the uh, the fans and uh, certainly WST viewers and listeners are right there as well. It, it takes a lot to get Canadians to feel pretty good about Team USA winning the World Junior Championship. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you there was a uh, a ton of people here on our program that were real fired up that you were able to play and obviously uh, yeah. winning the gold medal after Canada um, got bounced out a little earlier than people expected. Hey, speaking of uh, Winnipeg, Rucker, I mean, uh, listen, I know you got family and agent. There's a lot of people that come into a decision, but uh, have you been thinking much outside of, you know, what's happening right now on the ice as to 
when we're going to see you here in Winnipeg? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I haven't really even thought about it. I feel like I'm uh, worried about uh, what's going on here in Michigan. And uh, I was worried about the world juniors. And so now I'm back at Michigan and we got to have a big second half here. So uh, I feel like once that decision or once I have to make a decision, I feel like uh, I'll make the right one and it'll be, yeah. I mean, uh, one day I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So, Hey, well, listen, uh, in the meantime, um, congratulations on the gold medal. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, few guests get uh, people fired up within the fan base that are on the team like yourself right now. And certainly there's a, a ton of well wishes, congratulations, and uh, hope to see you soon from uh, fans here in Winnipeg. So uh, <laughs> yeah. listen, all the best to the Wolverines going forward. Congrats again. And uh, looking forward to having you again on the uh, a show at some point later on in 2024. All the best. And uh, thanks again, Rucker. Perfect. Thank you. All right, there's Rucker McGrory of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, big thanks to Rucker. He's been a very, very busy guy over the last few weeks, and we appreciate him jumping on with us here in Winnipeg on uh, WST. And uh, well, we'll talk to Ken about when we might see Rucker coming up in just a minute. Uh, hey, listen, before we bring in Weber, the weekend is here. Uh, and, of course, a big game tomorrow night. And if you're at the game tomorrow night or Tuesday, don't forget Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg's favorite local brew, is available at Canada Life Center now as an official partner of the Winnipeg Jets. You can pick up 1919 and my personal favorite generic lager at Craft Beer Corner in Section 126 and up in Section 310. And when you're at your local beer store this weekend or the LC, uh, don't forget generic lager on sale now for 1999 in the eight packs of tall boys you won't find a better deal around town on that 2.99 for singles um so wherever you could find great beer little brown will jug be uh, little brown jug will be there uh, but might i suggest a uh, visit down to the brewery and tap room on william avenue as your best option to try everything that little brown jug has cooking of course you can check them out online as well at littlebrownjug.ca with local delivery options um uh, you know as the jets keep on rolling uh, more and more folks, I think, uh, figuring out exactly what uh, Winnipeg Jet player they want on their jersey. When you think of jerseys or Winnipeg Jets merch, there's only one place to go. That's Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. It was just in there a couple days ago. Literally thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, uh, the best hat selection in town. They have it all. And, of course, whatever jersey you want, they'll get it done professionally with your favorite player's name and number or custom made as you want it. While you're there, check out the Bomber section. Tons of NFL, and uh, Major League Baseball, NBA merch, international soccer, the biggest hockey section in town, and other great options for the winter, including the biggest selection around of snowboards, boots, and bindings. See it for yourself at Winnipeg's true undisputed sports superstore, Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And uh, hey, light night tonight in the National Hockey League, but the NFL playoffs get going tomorrow. An afternoon game starting off with the Browns and the Texans. We'll kick that around with Hacksaw a little later on. But both for Jets hockey, if you're not at the game in the NFL, there's no better place to watch than your local Boston pizza. The big game on the big screen with big sound. And of course, Ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And if it's a little too cold to get out right now, you can get it hot and fast to your door by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. 
And uh, oh, I should give a shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge as well. I know it's cold out right now, but summer is a few months away. Hopefully after a nice long jet playoff run. Uh, but I can tell you the 2024 is already filling up at Aikens Lake. If you're thinking about a world-class fly-in fishing experience where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg, Aikens is the spot. And as great as the world-class fishing is, the world-class hospitality, the Turin family and the Trudels is even better. Find out more online, AikensLake.com, or uh, check them out on their socials and get at them uh, at Aikens Lake on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. Let's bring in Weber for a quick chat. Hacksaw coming up. We will do a marble race, so uh, stay tuned for that. Ken Weeb of the Winnipeg Free Press joins us. And uh, Weber, uh, it never gets old, talking about a team that just <laughs> continues to win. But uh, they had to work for that one last night. I give a lot of credit to the Chicago Blackhawks for the way they played. I mean, that's an outman team. They had their sticks everywhere. They made it difficult for the Jets. But uh, that was a team that willed themselves to victory with a uh, – pretty stirring flurry there in the last five <laughs> yeah no doubt Huss uh you know tough act to follow there Rutger I, I like to say I'm, I'm the ambassador of fun but uh he's he's certainly uh he's certainly on the uh, he's on the executive Huss I would say right uh lots of joy from him uh in terms of the game yeah I mean it wasn't the Jets best uh effort but uh, I would say they had a pretty good start uh got a little bit flat in the second period didn't have a ton of energy it didn't seem like but uh, overall, I mean, incredible rally in the third. I mean, you just saw you know some high-end players really uh, take over in the game and were able to deliver. I mean, the, the Macarena probably never sounded better to many people inside of the arena. Uh, incredible hands in tight. You know, early, <laughs> earlier this yeah, year, you House, couldn't we hear it. It was so loud you could was, not hear the true. Macarena. It was allegedly played in the arena after he scored. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Villard, it's funny. At the start of the year, uh, we were talking about getting the tape measure out for the uh, to combine distance for Nino Niederreiter. Well, Gabriel Villardi has got the tape measure out uh, as well uh, um, lately. A lot of backdoor taps, but just some incredible plays. I mean, that's an outstanding effort by Adam Lowry. But, uh, I mean, that play doesn't happen without the, you know, the, the play at the blue line by Josh Morrissey, who was absolutely exceptional yesterday. I thought he was the best player on the ice uh, for either team. And Lowry was right up there as well. But uh, those two guys combining uh, with Velarde and then Nikolai Ehlers just, uh, you know, got in the old, uh, got in the old roadrunner beep, beep, uh, going wide and then uh, ripping the snapshot past Peter Morazic to kind of uh, release the tension valve for him. Uh, he had had quite a... Quite a period, a flurry of chances, a, a slapper that was, uh, you know, a little bit of a wide right special, uh, high and wide. But uh, he finally he kept at it, and you know, finally got an opportunity late and uh, buries it with 105 to go. So, yeah, I mean, us, it's interesting. I mean, we're we're into uh, we're we're well into nitpicking season here uh, when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets and. Um, you know, if an off night is one that we saw on Thursday night where, you know, I think they still were pretty steady, but again, for all of the talk about no mm -hmm. excuses and all of the solutions, I mean, the Jets found a solution, but, uh, I mean, they get around it. They were tired. They did not have their skating legs. They were not as detail oriented as we've seen them, but they found a way to rally and get the job done. Thanks to, you know, some exceptional individual efforts and, um, you know, there's going to be days like that. I mean, I was, we were just, Mike and I were working on the, the dump and chase. I mean, Vegas lost six of seven. I mean, Vegas is one of the best teams in the NHL. Huss. I mean, 
good teams lose games and the Jets have found a way to not lose a lot of those games. Uh, obviously a franchise record eighth game went in a row here, but um, you know, like you said, broken record, but I mean, honestly, three goals or fewer 31 times, seven times they had three. I think let's do the math here. Once in the last 19 games, they've given up three. That was in overtime three times in the last 26 that's it's to borrow well, a phrase hey, wh- from, while from you mention that, banana that's banana land right there honestly <laughs> while you mentioned that i wanted to throw that why not question out and i was waiting for you to come because i knew we would get here um and and this is it for not autocorp at waverly and mcgillivray and let us know in the chat um what wh- what is more impressive the 30 plus games of three goals or less or this run of games with two goals or less. And I know we're talking about it being 11 games because of that Montreal game. That was a power play goal in overtime. You yeah. have to go all the way back to November 30th against the right. Oilers for the Jets allowing more than two goals in regulation. I have to say, I think that's my uh, my uh, my vote, but uh, let us know in the chat. Hey, by the way, I got to give a shout out to Liz Hood. She's in the chat right now. A great addition to the show last night. I was thinking that you probably had about six or seven wake-ups for Reynolds right out of the gate yesterday. Oh, I was Did hoping I ever... that she would actually come in with the double-barreled wake-up for both of you just for fun <laughs> yesterday. But uh, she was awesome. A great addition to it. But, uh, yeah, Rennie, how many? How close were you to waking up <laughs> Rennie last night, especially at the start of the show? Well, he wouldn't let me on, so uh, he was saving himself from a wake-up there for sure. But He does that uh, all the time. Sw- You're probably just sitting there going, okay, <laughs> you need to take over the controller, get a producer so Reddy just can't do that. <laughs> uh, I loved it. No, it's good. I mean, uh, you know, Reddy keeping things, uh, you know, keeping people honest. I mean, I totally get it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fine line here, and I mean, um, you know, I get it. Not every game, like, it's a classic, you know, Claude Noelism. Not every game is going to be a Picasso. Thursday night was not a Picasso, but at the same time, Huss, on a night where the Jets, you know, weren't their best for about 56 minutes, they only gave up 21 shot or 21 shots on goal. And you know, yes, there were a few more odd man rushes involved, and you know, their puck management was not close to what we've been seeing of late, but. I mean, I, I'm on the opposite side. I mean, I, I think that when a team finds a way to win without its best, I put that in the, that's one of the good qualities. That, that, that gets a check mark there. Now, not if you're reliant on that constantly, but during the course of a long run, sometimes you're not going to have your best. I mean, it's not like Chicago, Chicago plays hard. They're, they're obviously undermanned right now. They've got a ton of injuries. They are full, full-on tankathon special here. But, I mean, the Oilers have lost us three regulation losses in 20 games. So they've won 17 and 20. Uh, they pushed the Blackhawks two nights earlier. So, um, you know. They had 15 like shots to, in that game. That's what I mean. I mean, and they, and they kept, I mean, the Dickinson line kept McDavid and frustrated them almost all night long. They barely even had a shot on net. So, hey, like, I get it. Not every game is going to be pretty. And, and this is funny, Huss. I mean the Jets didn't play great against Columbus and they blew the doors off from five, nothing. So, I mean, when you get into the upper echelon of talent and when the team is residing at or near the top of the NHL standings, like Rick bonus said it about two weeks ago, us 
the Jets are going to see everybody else's best from now on. And they've been seeing it for several weeks. So some nights you have to tip your hat to the opponent. But at the same time, of course, like the Jets need to be better when it comes to down the stretch and into the playoffs. But to me, that's more of a one-off. I mean, if people want to say it's two in a row because they weren't great against Columbus, okay. I mean, I'll allow it, but I don't think that the Jets were ever in danger against Columbus. So I don't think it was that big of an off night here. And like I said, I mean, Josh Morrissey, just absolutely exceptional yesterday. Not just offensively, he was driving and it was a driving force, but he's breaking up two-on-ones on on, on, numerous occasions. He knew he needed to activate a night when the offense wasn't really rolling. He got involved and kind of willed it into existence us. I mean, uh, you have to you know, tip your cap when things like that happen. And Adam Lowry, I mean, promotion to the top line, got the job done with two primary helpers. I mean, that's all you can do. And I thought even as important, Lowry during the game was involved in getting cycle shifts, zone time, and sort of swinging the momentum in a game where the Jets were clearly frustrated offensively and weren't weren't able to get pucks past Mrazek until, you know, three three minutes and change, or just under four minutes to go. There was no doubt who the captain was last night in that game. I mean, Adam Lowry kind of took it upon himself, and I couldn't agree with you more about Morrissey's game. He, um, he I mean, he, like a lot of the team, maybe didn't have the, the most fluid offensive game, um, but, man, he made some big, big plays to, to avoid going down two and, and, you know, keeping the uh, possibility of the comeback alive. Um all right, so a couple things we need to get to coming out. We've talked about this Shifley day to day right now. Um, Rasmus Kapari's also been uh, been recalled, and of course Rasmus was on a conditioning stint, so he can come back. He was already on the roster, Ken. Um, yep. They don't have many options other than the guys Rasmus and Gus, <laughs> because if they do want to call up, uh, if they did say they wanted to see one of those younger players, if Shifley was going to be out for a few games. Um, they're back in that situation where someone needs to go on waivers if they do call up another player. Well, and even Gus is on IR right now, Huss. So he, there's going to be, they're going to need to, you know, either send somebody down who's within their 30 day window, I guess, like Tony Notto, or I'd have to double hey, check on Johnson Fialdi. Just quickly on that, uh, uh, yeah. you know, Tony and Axel both cleared waivers earlier. Have they played enough games now where they'd have to be back on waivers? I can't remember exactly what the what the rule is on that, but there is a certain amount of time when you're back in the NHL that you would need to go back on waivers. Just wondering if you you know where we're yeah, at with those guys. Ten, 10 games in 30 days, but Tony Notto was put on waivers like right around the Christmas break there or just after us to reset the clock on him. I think it was just before the holiday uh, break, uh, but it might have been right after. So for him, he is clear to go down on waivers Axel, I have to double check us, but I think he will need waivers again. Uh, let me hang on. Let me, let's let's go to the notes here uh, quickly. Uh, Janssen Fialbi, yeah, it's he's going to need waivers uh, if they want to send him down because he's been, yeah, playing for quite a stretch of time here. So he's been so anyways, good, so, though. So, I don't think that's probably yeah, a well, thought. For, uh, I don't think they're thinking about that right now. I think he's playing. I mean, fair enough, Hus, but I mean. You can't keep all. Th- you're not going to be able to keep all three of them right now. I mean, once once Gustafson yeah. is able to play, I mean, now with Kapari coming back, you're already looking at. I mean, yes, he's probably going to be pushed in because either 
Shafley or Ehlers or actually Anson Fialbi maybe is too sick to go. I mean, for those who missed it, Nikolai Ehlers is, you know, had to leave practice early. Uh, Rick Bonus expects him to play, so I'll expect him to play. Uh, Shifley, to me, it's still a bit of a coin flip, Huss. I mean, we and I don't think we'll know until even even if he takes the morning skate tomorrow. Um, you know, it looked to me like a groin issue for Shifley, and just because they're they don't have a ton of games coming up here, I think there's six before the break, maybe even five now. Um, no, it would yeah six. Sorry, six games before the break spread out pretty wide widely here. So if if it's tweaked at all, I would give Shifley the night off. Um, you know, you put in Kapari, you let you know Lowry stay on that top line. Um, Philly's playing a back-to-back, and they've been playing hard this year. The Jets are going to get their best effort on Saturday as well, even though they might be a little bit physically exhausted. Uh, but for me, precaution would come first with Shifley because he's played so well, and if it is a groin injury, you don't want this to be something that lingers for a long time. If he takes one turn, you know, on a Saturday night game, now nah, I get it. They don't play until Tuesday, but and then after that, they're off until Saturday. So I think they're going to exercise some caution here. But the big best news for the Jets is that not it's not a longer term injury, uh, because obviously Shifley has been one of their best players this year, and you know first line centers don't exactly grow on trees, Huss. And although the Jets deserve an you know an incredible amount of credit for their ability to overcome injuries early to Gabriel Velarde and lately to Kyle Connor, um, you know playing without a number one center and a top line winger, uh, that's a lot to ask. But you know they would just be looking for the next level of solution, Huss. But uh, for me, I mean, Kapari, the, the Jets wanted Kapari to get a run of games with the Moose, whether that's, you know, four or five or six, you know, who knows. But, uh, you know, they just, they didn't really have any roster flexibility to do anything else unless they wanted to go 11 and seven, which, you know, after Dylan DeMello got a little bit banged up, Huss, I mean, I wonder if the Jets might have might consider that at some point here in the next two games as well. But uh, fortunately for the Jets to mellow return and still finish with just over 19 minutes. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch the lineup the next couple of days, but I mean, they've done a very good job of managing minutes and, and Huss, we've talked about depth all year long and because that fourth line has been playing so well, they haven't taxed their high end forwards, uh, which is good news for them when you run into a little bit of an injury issue like they have right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, a shout out to Sam Crow. Sam Crow, thanks very much for the super chat. Appreciate that. Safe travels, Huss. Enjoy the game. P.S. Go Cowboys. Go LOL. We'll get to the NFL coming up in just a minute. How are the minute. seats? Uh, are you sitting with Raj? Uh, are you sitting with Raj or what's going on? Well, Raj, you think Raj is going to sit out in minus 30 at the game? No, no. He will be. I will be staying with him. I will be using his seats and his parking pass. He'll be sitting this one out. Um, but, Ken, I did jump the gun. I'm not waiting for the National Hockey League. The Bones chain is on, oh. and uh, and Rick Bone is <laughs> going to the, the All Star game. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, it, exactly. We're officially congratulating and announcing Bones on representing the Central at the All Star game. I know there's probably nothing for coaches to do in the All Star festivities. Not a lot of coaching, uh, but what a great accolade for a guy! And uh, you know, you got to credit the coaching staff and the entire team for getting Bones to To. Yeah, so I mean, Rick was. I watched the watched Rick's uh, session today, and I mean, again, very not no surprise. Rick doing what he always does, uh, you know, handing out uh, you know applause and uh, appreciative, being appreciative of all the others around him. But Huss, this is a. It takes on a little bit more importance for me, and I'm in terms of how I view the scenario. I mean, two years ago, when his tenure came to an end with Dallas, most people were anticipating Rick to walk into the sunset and retire. 
two, you know, a year and a half later, he has guided the Jets to the top of the NHL, and he will be at his first All-Star game at the NHL level in like five decades we're talking about here. So, you know, the future will take care of itself and, you know, probably will be determined somewhat by what happens down the stretch. We know Rick Bonus and the Jets have, a, you know, have an option for a third year of the contract. But regardless, th- this is an opportunity. And Rick is not going to treat it this way, but the league will treat this as a victory lap for someone who has given so much of himself to the game. Uh, I think it'll be a great weekend, you know, for Rick and Judy. You know, they've gone through a ton this year and their families. I think it'll be an awesome event for them to be able to spend some time. And I mean, we know how people feel about Rick Bonus, how much he is respected uh, by people around the league. And like, we're talking like, not just from coaches and general managers and players, but you can go right down to the, to the, to the usher and the, the people at the welcoming you at the door, security people. I mean, this guy's universally loved. Uh, you know, Victor Hedman talked earlier this year when I was in Tampa, like, Oh man, too bo- too bad Bones isn't here, you know. But good thing Brad Lauer is here, you know. But I mean, this guy is loved around the league uh, by by everyone. Uh, it's a great opportunity for him to you know to have some people heap some praise on him. We we know that makes him uncomfortable, Huss, but it's deserved praise. And you know he's done an exceptional job with the you know with the help of the coaching staff, with the help of the general manager who has provided the personnel. Ultimately, it's the players who get the job done. That's what Rick will always say. But, you know, Paul Maurice wanted the Jets to play this way for an awfully long time. And Rick Bonus finally has them playing at that level. And, you know, to his credit, Paul Maurice uh, has his team battling for top spot in the Atlantic division as well. So, um, you know, everybody kind of landed in a safe place and um, are doing a good job. But, I mean, Rick Bonus has done an exceptional job this year. His coach, like Scott O'Neill, Brad Lauer, Marty Johnston, Wade Flaherty, James Cochran, Matt Prefontaine, like their entire staff has done a remarkable job. Huss, and, you know, it's a few weeks ago, we were all talking about, uh, you know, Mike Gate and the Wild and Jets, but the Jets are now getting uh, quite a bit of love around the NHL. And now Rick Bonus is going to be getting some of that love in the center of the hockey universe at the end of this month as well. Yes, well, it is nice to be talking about what the team's doing on the ice, not about irrelevant teams like the mild. Um, Ken, just before we go, um, Philly in tomorrow. And it's been a wild yeah. week in Philly with the uh, with the Drysdale trade. We'll see Drysdale in the lineup tomorrow night. Um, and we knew there was sort of a, this was a little soft window with these five games. Jets have yeah. taken care of business. They ran the table in them. Um I know many of us, myself included, thought Philly was not going to be much of a team this year. Torts has them playing hard, and um, this is going to be a game where um, the Jets are going to need to uh, need to earn two points because uh, you don't get two against Philly if you don't bring it. Yeah, no doubt, Huss. I mean, John Tortorella has done an outstanding job with this group as well, uh, sort of ahead of schedule on their you know road to recovery, if you will, in terms of the reload and the you know front office changes and all of those things and. Obviously, there's another layer to us. We know the Jets and Flyers were scouting each other, um, you know, earlier on this year. We know that the Flyers roster has a few players that the Jets would probably have some interest in. So, uh, you know, you and I will be watching the likes of Sean Walker and Travis Konechny a little bit closer maybe than we would normally. For me, it's just another important test for the Jets. It's a, you know, national game. I think we're, we're probably past that point where, 
Um, you know, there were a few years ago, the Jets, oh, they're not getting any national respect. Well, now they're on a national night on a Saturday night, you know, playing a team that plays hard. So I don't think we're in the in the stage where, you know, are the Jets going to be getting the proper credit? I mean, they're, they're atop the NHL standings right now. So I'm sure that uh, they'll be getting plenty of love from the network. But in terms of the game itself, I think it should be a fun game. Uh, you know, we should have said too, I mean, Lauren Brassois did another nice job and, you know, continued his excellent stretch of hockey here uh, since, you know, mid-November. Connor Hellebuck has been able to stay fresh. I mean, he's going to be motivated uh, to get rolling with another good start against the Flyers. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun game for sure. Uh, and, I'm, you know, I'm also curious to see how the Jets respond. To the, you know, we'll see who's in the lineup. But I expect them – I expect that – this is the other thing. We know that the Jets have given honest assessments. So, although they did battle and rallied and found a way to win, I think they know they're going to need to be better on Saturday night. And, and I expect them to be better. Ken, um, I'm uh, looking forward to. I'll catch up on KNR after I get back from uh, <laughs> thawing out after the game tomorrow Indeed. night. Um, but do me a favor, a couple extra wake ups for Rennie. Just mix a few more in. I know you like to give away because we need we need you know, host on host wake ups being delivered uh, delivered both ways. Um, great stuff last night. Looking forward to the show tomorrow and uh, of course the big game. I know you have to get to to a hockey. Who uh, who are you going to be dangling this afternoon? <laughs> uh, no, just uh, just happy to get back on the ice. Us uh, was fortunate enough to get some golf in earlier this week. Haven't been on the ice as much as I like, but uh, our little Friday skate at River Heights uh, should be fun. Should be a fun one. And uh, one quick thing. I mean, I know Rutger was fantastic, but. Uh, Let's not kid ourselves. He has thought about when he will arrive in Winnipeg. And uh, although I understand his focus needs to be on the Michigan Wolverines, uh, I would I would think there's going to be a, uh, you know, late March, early, early April arrival at some point. Uh, obviously, we'll see how things play out for the rest of the year. And I'm not saying that Rutger immediately jumps in the Jets lineup, but uh, he's a guy that I think will be around Winnipeg in the springtime, whether that's, you know, helping out the Manitoba Moose or, you know, on the, on the taxi squad with the Jets or, you know, at some point, can he work his way into the lineup? I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, it would be, I would say the Jets are kind of going to be treating this sort of like the Matthew Nye situation with the Leafs. Um, not to say that he's immediately in, but he'll be around the team. He'll be either around the Jets or he'll be around the Moose getting some, uh, you know, valuable experience either way. He's fired up for the stretch run as he should. Michigan's got a great team. Uh, and he'd like to be celebrating in the same fashion as that Wolverines football team did, Huss. So it should be an interesting yeah, time no doubt. I, I wasn't, watching that closely. I wasn't expecting him to announce his departure oh, from no. Michigan on WSD, <laughs> but <laughs> I had to kind of try to hey, get that in Huss, there you, in the conversation. Huss, you made him stick handle a little bit, so that's good work. That was good work. You made him stick handle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night, all the football, and I'll uh, look forward to catching up with you as well. I guess next Friday as the team gets uh, out on the road. Are you on that next trip? Oh, yes, I am. So we may, I'm, uh, I got a weird transit day. My, uh, my flight to Ottawa changed from being direct to uh, being through Calgary. So might have to, uh, oh, nice. might have to fire up the show on Thursday here, but uh, yeah, have yeah, a great time. Good, send, my, send, send my best to Raj. Uh, been a long time, but uh, always one of the great human beings. Uh, I was just telling that story about being in, I played golf with someone from Kansas City uh, up in Arizona when I stayed an extra day. And uh, I told him the story about the, the World Series. And that was just, uh, you know, Roger was so welcoming 
in the in the tailgating area for Ken Senior and I. So uh, love that, love that, that experience. Was, that and, was a yeah. great time, man. Oh, that all, was a great absolute time. all timer before a game six. So I mean, that was tremendous <laughs> stuff. So uh, send him my best. Have a blast, and uh, you know. We will talk next week. Should be another fun weekend. Yeah, not too often you get to uh, crack a couple beers in the parking lot before a World Series game with not one <laughs> but two Ken Weebs. It was a it was a better day for sure. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Cheers, my man. Enjoy the weekend. All right, gang, uh, hang tight. We will have marbles uh, probably in about 10 minutes or so. We'll open up registration. Uh, you know what to do. I'll kind of tee up, but keep an eye on the chat. Uh, and uh, Connor Ravchek and I are going to get into the. Uh, cool bet lines in a minute uh but first we got to get to uh uh get to hacksaw i, I see another super chat here from t kona Pauly. Uh, t kona always in all caps always butchering people's names this is totally on brand towards lynn hood it's Liss uh uh t kona logo drawing for the listen t kona podcast coaches crease and happy birthday remo Huss, enjoy the west final again it is going to feel like the west final again it is going to be cold and, uh, well, we may as well get right to the NFL playoffs and everything happening around the league in the NFL notebook with the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Saul, what's going on? It's great to have you back on the program. Are you ready for some real football? Wow. How you doing, Hustler? I'm uh, I'm great. I have uh, my friend Dom has given me a North Face expedition jacket. I've got multiple layers. I got some new boots. I am ready for what could be one of the coldest playoff games in NFL history on Saturday night at Arrowhead Stadium. But hey, listen, before we get to the uh, the games on the weekend, uh, massive news yesterday. We might even give this man a marble today, even though he's been my nemesis for a long time. Bill Belichick officially out in New England. Um, it was a pretty, you know, there's a lot of coaches that, you know, leave. You don't normally see a scene like we saw in Foxborough yesterday uh, with kind of the mutual parting of ways, but... Uh, how significant is this, Lee? I mean, considering his spot in NFL history, and what's next for Bill Belichick, considering uh, he still wants to break that George Hallis record to be the winningest coach of all time. Hustler, I'll tell you, we came through 72 hours. It felt like an earthquake in football this side of the border. Not just what happened in the NFL, but what happened in college football and what still might be about to happen maybe in the next 24 hours. Uh, as it relates to Belichick, uh, illustrious career, uh, very different persona. Um, I've dealt with him multiple, multiple times as a talk show host and as a voice of the Chargers and Seahawks. I might be wired differently. I enjoyed my conversations with him, but he was dour and he was tough to deal with from a, a New England Patriot Boston media standpoint. But the track record's amazing. I mean, when you think 24 years in one location, when you think how many eras he's gone through pre-Tom Brady, in Tom Brady, resurrecting around Tom Brady, post-Tom Brady, and 333 career wins and 31 wins in postseason play, plus the six Super Bowl rings. So he's a man cut from a really, really different cloth. He still wants to coach. I think they had to get to the end of the finish line here because if Bob Kraft had elected to keep Belichick for the final year of his contract at $25 million, and part of the deal was Belichick would give up player personnel authority. And then Kraft hires a general manager from the outside. What would the feeling and the working relationship be between Belichick and the incoming general manager? Would the general manager walk down the hallways and see ghosts in different corners of the hallways or Belichick people? 
And how, you know, how would, would we get to a final decision on who this quarterback is going to be with the very high draft pick they have? So I think Robert Kraft just got to the, 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 the final conclusion that a new mix would not work. I want a clean sheet of paper. And he's already got it with a promotion this morning of Jared Mayo, who had signed a contract extension, turned down interviews other places each of the last two years. So he has his coach in place, which probably means the system stays in place. But there will be a new decision maker as it relates to player personnel acquisitions, trades, and free agency areas that Belichick, the general manager, did not do a very good job for Belichick, the coach. So the second part of the question is, where does he go? Everybody that I've canvassed in the last 48 hours of the opinion, he's probably going to wind up in Atlanta. There is a relationship between he and Arthur Blank. Now, I don't know if Blank would give him free reign to make player personnel acquisitions. Maybe that infrastructure in Atlanta stays the same because the GM is still there and Rich McKay is above the hierarchy of everybody in that organization. But I would think Belichick to Atlanta makes sense. Now, Washington is out there with a brand new owner and Josh Harris, enormous amounts of cap space, but they need a massive overhaul. And they're going to, I think they're going to jettison their general manager and director of football operations sometime in the next week. Maybe Washington tries to sneak in, but maybe Josh Harris would give Belichick total control. I think those are probably the only landing places uh, for Belichick right now. I, I don't see Seattle. I don't see the Chargers. Raiders might be a reach, but they need leadership too. And is Mark Davis going to trust Belichick, the GM, in addition to hiring Belichick, the coach? So I just, I just get the sense based on relationship. Uh, Hoodie is going to go to Atlanta and coach in Dixie next year. Um, Lee, I, I want to ask you quickly about the Bears uh, in the offseason before we get into these games. What are the chances that Justin Fields is starting game one? Uh, and, 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 I mean, do they use the pick? Do they take a quarterback? Or do you think they stay with Fields and get a massive haul for what will likely be Caleb Williams as the number one overall pick? I think they shop the pick and I think they try to trade the pick and I think they try to pick up assets and resources along the way. Fields and Spurts has played really well, but you got to understand his first year and a half, he had nothing around him. Well, if you go back and now look at what they've done acquisition-wise, getting DJ Moore, getting the big tight end commit out of Notre Dame, and what they did with, they got two running backs who can play, led by Khalil Herbert. So slowly they're putting pieces in place around him. So if I'm Chicago and I, you know, they're committed a big contract to, to Justin Fields. So I, if I'm Chicago, I think I shop that pick to see who wants to pay the price to get the quarterback. And then you add a ton more assets. Uh, I, I think that's the way that road's going to travel. By the way, just as a sidebar to a conversation on Belichick, let me just throw this out there. You know, suddenly the whole landscape of who's available has changed. I mean, Belichick obviously is one. Uh, Pete Carroll uh, exiting Seattle. I don't think he's going to work in their front office. I think he wants to coach. I think he becomes a hot candidate with the Chargers, maybe even the Raiders. And then obviously you got Harbaugh at Michigan, and who knows where that whole thing is going to go because I th I think he might jump through the door because the posse in the NCAA is coming right behind him for violations during the NCAA COVID blackout recruiting issue. And then you got the whole myriad of defensive coordinators who've kind of reinvented themselves and redone their resumes. And I think Dan Quinn, he might go to Seattle, go back there. Uh, you got Raheem Morris and uh, there's just so many, there's like four or five defensive coordinators that suddenly have become hot commodities and might maybe deserve 
a second chance. So there's eight jobs open, uh, well, seven now that New England has promoted Mayo. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated to see where all these dominoes fall going forward. Yeah, it is a really interesting uh, coaching carousel, if you will, right now in the NFL. That being said, we have six games on tap for Super Wild Card Weekend, and it starts off with probably the guys that are going to finish 1-2, speaking of coaches, in the coach of the year. D'Amico Ryans with the upstart Houston Texans at home as the NFC South champs against Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. And, Lee, we always joke about the script of the NFL to me, the script has to be the Browns, Chiefs, and Bills win. And we get Flacco and the Browns going back to Baltimore next week in another Mahomes-Allens playoff matchup. But uh, thoughts on the Browns and Joe Flacco and this incredible run he's been on going up against a team in Houston that has surprised everybody really since they went 0-2 to start the season. Well, all right, let's do the whole AFC. Uh, Cleveland, Houston. There are so many storylines here. You got old dog quarterback Joe Flacco. You got young pup C.J. Stroud, who has set the NFL on its ear with just the way he has managed everything and made big play after big play and route to a 10-win season. I don't know anybody on the planet who thought Houston could go from where they were last season to where they are now. What a job D'Amico Ryans has done and he gets my vote of the year for coach of the year. Uh, Stroud has been spectacular, but when he comes to the line of scrimmage, he's going to look across at Jim Schwartz's defense. And this is a challenge because the Browns are giving up only 269 yards per game. They got like 49 quarterback sacks, 28 takeaways, and they come after your quarterback. So Stroud, he's going to be under enormous pressure. Now, that being said, Texans are playing a pretty good breed of defense led by that rookie linebacker, Will Anderson, and a lot of plug-in guys. And, man, I'll tell you, they have assimilated themselves into D'Amico Ryan's package very, very effectively. Flacco has thrown 13 touchdown passes in five starts since he came off the couch, but he's also thrown eight interceptions, fumbled, and taken a ton of sacks. He's got Amari Cooper having a spectacular year. He's got the tight end in Juco. They got no running game, so they're going to have to throw the football. And I, I think this game is, if there's a potential for a, quote, upset game, this might be the one. So I'm fascinated to see that. Uh, Buffalo-Pittsburgh, Steelers will be one and done. Uh, it's, it's been a great job by Mike Tomlin to, quote, improve this thing because it was awful the first half, first third of the season. Mason Rudolph manages games. They are running the ball a little bit better. They are utilizing their speed-wide receivers a hell of a lot better than they did when Matt Canada was the coordinator, but they don't have T.J. Watt. And here's the stat of the weekend for you. With T.J. Watt out of the lineup, Pittsburgh is 1-10 in his career. So, I And Buffalo is hitting on most all cylinders. And even though Josh Allen threw three picks last week and put balls in the end zone he should have never thrown, in the bigger picture, they're explosive right now because they got so many people doing things. Allen's got like 4,500-plus all-purpose yards. Uh, Stephon Diggs got 107 catches. Uh, now, they don't have Gabe Davis this weekend, which is a, a bit of a blow, but they got two tight ends to throw to. And James Cook has got 1,500 all-purpose yards. What what an arrival he's turned out to be. So Buffalo's just got way too much firepower for Pittsburgh. And then that takes us to the snowball game at Arrowhead Stadium. And the word of the day normally would be touchdown passes, yardage, chunk plays. Uh, that's not the word of the day. The word of the day is weather vortex. They are talking about monstrous weather 
with potential at 7 p.m. to have snow, wind chill of minus 8 to start the game, going to minus 30 during the course of the game. And Arrowhead Stadium, when it's cold and that wind rolls around that yard, it's impossible to throw the football. And what does Miami do? They throw the football. That's a huge issue. Here's another stat for you. They are 1-5 against playoff teams this season. So, you know, as dynamic as they've been, Tua to Tyreek to Jalen Waddell, the multi-running backs, etc., that's in the sunshine. Ain't no sunshine at Arrowhead on Saturday night. So I, it's too bad that as fascinating as it is, Hustler, to watch games in the snow and the cold, those poor guys have to play in that, and they're not the same teams. And I, I seriously doubt Miami is going to be the same team that we enjoyed for most of the season. The other factor is they've lost two in a row. They're not quite playing complete football because they got a bunch of guys dinged up. And, you know, I'll throw one other word at you, trust. We can trust Mahomes. We can trust Kelsey. Can you tell me wearing bloody nose red and chicken bleep yellow hoodie that you're wearing, can you tell me who else on the offense Kansas City can trust? Because the offensive front, it's been shaky, and I don't see any of those wide receivers that I can trust. So you pick the word of the day, trust or weather vortex. That's going to be a wild Saturday night. Well, the word of the day, and I, I say this as someone that's going to be in the stadium, I think is survival. I mean, uh, just getting Jack through Daniels, the, uh, the four or five hours. Well, I have a feeling there'll probably be some of that. Um, Canadian if you club. want a guy, a name that I think has a big game, it's Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, he runs yeah. angry. Um, and it really is going to be uh, a lot about the running game. We'll see what Mostert has in the tank. Um, and, of course, the Dolphins' defense is banged up, too. I mean, uh, they, I mean, Justin Houston got signed off the street to uh, be uh, going at Patrick Mahomes. So, fascinating matchup, and you're right. I mean, the weather has completely changed, I think, the outlook for this game. Um, as far as the NFC goes, Lee, um, a couple incredible matchups. I mean, to me, the toughest game to pick is this Rams-Lions game. And so many storylines with the quarterbacks going up against their old teams. Um, Detroit, 30 years without a home playoff game. Um, why don't we start with that one and then uh, give us your thoughts on uh, the Packers, Cowboys, and the Monday nighter between the struggling Eagles and the a uh, NFC South champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Detroit has been building this for three years. Dan Campbell has had his methodology of how he's running his football operation. Most of those players have been with him since day one when he inherited that mess. And now they've grown to the point they have arrived and they've kind of become kind of a sexy name to root for because there's been so much adversity in Detroit. Just think if you've lived in 313 area code. You could choose from the Tigers, the Dead Wings, the awful record-setting losing Detroit Pistons, or now suddenly the Lions. So everybody's wearing Hawaiian blue in Detroit right now. Uh, you know, the guy on the other sideline, what a coaching job. Sean McVay, they've won seven of their last eight. You know, some dummy in San Diego does a podcast and writes on his website, oh, McVay didn't like a five-win season last year. Do you think he's going to like a four-win season this year? I didn't think this was possible. What a job he has done as coach to drive this thing. Now, granted, he's got Matthew Stafford and his history and his experience. They discovered the young running back from Notre Dame, Kyron Williams. They found this kid at BYU, Puka Nakua. He's got 105 catches 
and they got Cup back, and they got Higby back, and they took a free agent who should be in Kansas City, Demarcus Jackson, and and he's he's having a, Demarcus Robinson. He's having a really great year too, and they've stayed healthy, which they hadn't been for years upon years. So this is a complete football team. I don't know if McVeigh's inexperience with his young offensive line and the ton of youth he's got on the back seven. I don't know if that can hold up against these guys who've been to war for three straight years for Dan Campbell in Detroit. I think it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a closer game than anybody realizes. Uh, Green Bay-Dallas. Uh, You've you got Jordan Love had a, a mystical season. 32 touchdown passes, 4,200 yards. Nobody could have seen this coming. And he's done it with a bunch of kids at wide receiver. And I, that, to me, is the most impressive thing. Every one of those guys are young pups. Now, if, if they can get a nice night run in the football with Aaron Jones, although I was told A.J. Dillon may not play this weekend again because he's had so many nicks, but if, if they can make some things happen and not turn the ball over, they could be in this game. But this is in Jerry's world. This is in Dallas. This is in Big D. This is Dak Prescott, 38 touchdowns, six interceptions. This is C.D. Lamb, who nobody can cover. And now suddenly the old dog, Brandon Cooks, is playing really well. And Michael Gallup in the tight end. That's a, that's a really good offensive put together there in Dallas. And you got to play Demarcus Lawrence and a pretty good Cowboy defense. I think the thing that works against Green Bay is Love is doing this for the first time. And his skill guys are doing this for the first time. And their defense isn't real good, giving up 344 per game. So I, th- I think, the, you know, this the wheels come off the Cinderella wagon for the Packers and Jordan Love. I think Dallas is going to win it. And then you mentioned the Monday night game, Philadelphia-Tampa Bay. You've got overachiever versus underachiever. Uh, Philadelphia looks terrible, looks horrible on defense. I mean, it's shocking considering virtually all these guys were in the Super Bowl a year ago, and then they added to it by getting all these draft picks out of Alabama, and their back half of the schedule, they played deplorable defense. They're giving up 356 yards per game. And so they've underachieved. And now Jalen Hurts is nicked. The running back Swift is nicked. A.J. Brown has not practiced for a chunk of the week. There's a, a, I think it's a knee injury there. Suddenly, Philadelphia is not Philadelphia. And if the Philadelphia fan booed Santa Claus, if the Eagles get knocked out of this playoff game on Monday night, boy, they're going to boo Nick Sirianni. And Tampa Bay, they've overachieved. What a job at a bounce-back season by Baker Mayfield. 28 touchdowns, I think 12 interceptions. His two receivers have had mystical seasons and have been able to keep Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin on the field. I think between them, they have 153 receptions. Don't have much of a running game. So, you know, if, if there's a shocker, yeah, Tampa might be able to do this in the sunshine over a Philadelphia team that's got this thing jammed into reverse and just can't can't find traction with what they used to be. I mean, they were 10-1 and one at the beginning of the season, and look at where they are right now. So that's my summary judgment on, on the NFC. Uh, it's going to be an unbelievable weekend. By the way, gang, Marbles is open. We'll give you a couple more minutes to get in there, and uh, we'll be firing that up in uh, just a few minutes. So uh, exclamation mark Marbles in the chat. If you haven't already done it, Hacksaw, um, I- I've already checked out. I mean, some great stuff at LeeHacksawHamilton.com on the upcoming matchups on the weekend and all the big news around the NFL. I am looking forward to an in-depth feature at the site on the number one team in the National Hockey League. <laughs> yes, the Winnipeg Jets coming up soon. Uh, fill people in on uh, what you've got cooking coming up to the weekend because there is lots of it. Well, there's a ton of stuff. I did. A, I wrote a huge preview on my website, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. 
new podcast that we posted last night. It's all about the NFL. It's all about the coaching carousel. It's all about Nick Saban's shocking exit from Alabama and what may happen in the next three hours with the rumor that the University of Washington coach Kalen DeBoer is about to buy out his contract at $12 million and move to Tuscaloosa. Um, like I said, 72 hours of earthquakes in NFL and college football. If you like sports, check my website every day. It's written. And you love podcasts when you're done watching this guy wearing bloody nose red and chicken bleep yellow a hoodie. Uh, go to my podcast, get the chance to, to get the American opinion on what's going on in sports. And like him, I'll ask you, subscribe to what we do. It's absolutely bleeping free. So you'll get all the alerts every time we add something. But yeah, there's a lot going there. And those Jets, yay. You know, I think Rick Bonus's name, first time you and I talked about Rick Bonus, bad flashbacks. Ottawa Senators, obviously he's done a really good job organizationally. They've done a good job in terms of getting players for Bones, and that's that's tremendous. I'm dealing with the trauma down here where suddenly, hey, can we send Pierre-Luc Dubois back to Winnipeg for a dude making almost eight Dude making almost $8 million a year who's disappeared, does not score goals. I don't understand that. Uh, Kings are struggling a little bit. Uh, they, have a, they have a better road record they have at home. It's shocking. And I'm dealing with the devastation of the Anaheim Ducks. This is horrific, this injury siege they've had. And I was stunned by the massive trade they made with Philadelphia. And then the next night, they, they lose Trevor Zegras uh, for, I don't know, eight weeks, ten weeks with a fractured ankle. And they lost their top young defenseman. So... You're enjoying first place Jets hockey. I'm dealing with this mess down here in Southern California when I'm covering puck. Lee, stay warm this weekend. Well, you will. I guess that's more for uh, those of us that are going to be in Kansas City. Have a great one, pal. Thanks as always. Have a great weekend. Okay. Enjoy Arrowhead. We'll talk to you when you get back. Thanks, Hustler. You bet. There it is. The man himself, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Check out the website. And as he mentioned, check out Hacksaw's YouTube channel and great stuff on the gram too on Instagram. Give him a follow. And, uh, You'll uh, you will appreciate and enjoy the the uh, the um, the uh, the content. All right, we um, are going to get to marbles in just a couple of minutes. So uh, you've got a minute or two to put in exclamation mark marbles. Um, and Alex, in uh, just a minute or two, if you want to close that up, we'll get ready to go. Uh, but let's get Connor back in here because we have to get to the cool bet lines. And uh, Connor, as I mentioned right off the bat. You uh, you got to be feeling pretty good. I mean, uh, everyone's feeling great about what the Jets are doing right now, but your Niners got the job done, and now there's nothing better, especially now with the expanded playoffs, than being the number one seed, being able to sit back, get a very valuable week of rest, and see the other six teams in your conference beat the hell out of each other trying to get to the divisional round. I mean, yeah, what what a time! Uh, I got the the first place Winnipeg Jets. And then the the bye week one seed San Francisco 49ers. Um, but yeah, ever since they added that seventh wild card, the the one seeds have such an advantage. They're the only two teams in each conference that are resting. Baltimore and San Francisco are the two one seeds this year, and it, it was so huge. And the the Eagles um lost that one game to Arizona, which clinched the one seed for the Niners a week early. So you didn't even have the stress in week 18 on whether or not they they'd clinch. And yeah, like I said, it's such an advantage. And we've talked a lot on, on the show of what team in the NFC scares me. But with the one seed, it's it's really the Niners versus everyone. And that, that extra re- week of rest is huge. They have a lot of guys banged up, a lot of injuries. They can get healthy. 
Sometimes the NFL playoffs is just a battle of who's the healthiest team. Um, and that bye week certainly helps on, on both sides of the conference. So I'm, I'm fired up, get to just kick back, watch these teams uh, battle it out this weekend. And then, I don't know, whoever, whoever the worst team standing in the NFC is will have to come to Santa Clara and play the Niners. We'll um, we'll get to those lines in a second. Um, quickly, let's get to our cool bet lines. And by the way, uh, the Friday lock shop is always our biggest during football season. Uh, myself, Dusty, Pat, we uh, went through all six games, made our picks for all of them. We don't have a uh, the lock shop partner parlay up, but keep an eye on the exclusives for that um, coming up. And, uh, geez, we didn't win our WST parlay yesterday, but we did. The Jets squeaked it out with that comeback win uh, for a let's go streaking. Uh, first time in NHL history, four teams in the league are on winning streaks of eight games or more. We had them all last night, but we had to work for it. The Kraken won comfortably in Washington, but the Panthers, the Oilers, and the Jets all had to come back in the third period. They got it done. The cool bit accounts looking good heading into the weekend, which is perfect timing. Uh, only two games tonight in the National Hockey League, uh, but lots of Central Division activity. You've got the Predators at the Dallas Stars. Dallas is minus 174 favorites. The Predators are plus 147. And, of course, Dallas right now will make up the uh, the game in hand they have on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but, man, the Jets just keep on winning. Jets are seven points up on Dallas right now. If Dallas can win, they'll be five back with even game games played. So, uh, Central Division matchup between Preds and Dallas. I just noticed this, Connor. We were talking about the Philly game tomorrow night with the Jets. Jets kind of getting a, a bit of a nice break on the schedule because Philly is in the Twin Cities to take on the mild tonight. That is basically a uh, just about a pick. Um, Philly's a very slight favorite at minus 112. Minnesota at minus 105. So a quiet night, but it is nice that the Jets' opponent tomorrow uh, is actually playing tonight in the Twin Cities. Although, as we've talked about with Philly, there's no gimmies against that team. They have been uh, exceeded just about everybody's expectations this year. And it's not just Philly tomorrow night. Also, Monday, the Islanders will be playing against the Mild, as you said. And then Tuesday, obviously, wrapping up the homestand for the Winnipeg Jets. They get the Islanders. So these next two games, both teams are coming off a back-to-back. Um, you might see backup goaltenders for, for both teams. You might see the backup play the first night and the starter. The Jets have done that sometimes this year with Braswan Hellebuck. But yeah, like you said, no free games. Both these teams are in the thick of the hunt of the playoffs in the Eastern conference. So they're going to be bringing, bringing their best for the number one team in the national hockey league. All right, let's look at these NFL games. Uh, all six games are up right now at cool bet. Uh, it starts off tomorrow with the traditional AFC South home game on Saturday afternoon to start it off. It's the Texans this year playing the Cleveland Browns. The Brown, the Browns were as high as three point favorites earlier this week. Uh, but it's just two right now. Cleveland laying two on the road with Joe Flacco at the helm going up against uh, CJ Stroud, as we mentioned with the, uh, with the Texans. Uh, the total for that game is 44 and a half. And then the night game tomorrow, the game I'll be at freezing my, you know, what off at chiefs minus four and a half point favorites and a total of 43 and a half. Uh, any thoughts or leans on uh, those two games on Saturday, CH? Uh, not, I mean, the, the Dolphins Chiefs game is almost a, a no contest for me in terms of like action on the board, just because of 
you know, you just heard Lee Hacksaw talk about some like weather vortex. He's using some big words when talking about the weather. That scares me for sure. So maybe the under is a play in that one. Um, but yeah, and then the Texans Browns, I feel like CJ Stroud, one week he'll be a top five quarterback in the NFL, this rookie phenom. Uh, but then you take into account that he's going up against the Browns defense. Joe Flacco has actually been pretty good. Maybe Cleveland's able to just control the clock and run the ball. These two games, I, I I like a lot more of the games on the Sunday, which we'll get into in a second. But these games are are tough, especially on the board. But I don't know. I like the Browns. I like Joe Flacco. It's a, it's a good story. Yeah, well, listen, I, I do have a, and I'll put this in right now. I've been talking about it all week. We joke about the script in the NFL and how things always seem to go according to uh, to plan of what the best case scenario is. Here's the script, everybody. I've got it. Cleveland beats Houston. The Chiefs beat the Dolphins. The Bills beat the Steelers. And next week, you have Joe Flacco and the Browns going to Baltimore where Joe Flacco plays the team he won the Super Bowl with. And the NFL gets his Mahomes-Allen's playoff matchup this time in Buffalo. Uh, and Dolphin fans, plug your ears on this one. Dolphins 0-10 in their last 10 games of 40 degrees or less. This is going to be minus eight. So we're talking another 50 degree difference. And Tua, 0-5 lifetime in cold games in and around freezing or lower. I love Tua. I think the Dolphins are great. But I'll tell you what, a quarterback from Hawaii, probably not built for what we're going to see Saturday night in Arrowhead. Love the Chiefs at minus four and a half. Um, the Bills Hawaii and, and Miami the early game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's, it, that's why they needed to win that game last week <laughs> and, yeah. and be in the, seed, yeah. uh, the two seed and be at home. Um, the Bills and Steelers are going at it. This is now nine and a half. Uh, apparently, there could be a ton of snow in this game. Um, it could be cold, maybe not KC cold, but still cold. I'm actually taking the points in the Steelers. I fully think that the Bills are going to win this game. But I think it could be a bit of a slog. And I think the Steelers lean on that running game, keep it close, stay in the game, as Mike Tomlin teams always do, um, and hang in there. So we've got the Steelers plus nine and a half. And I'll be honest, I like the Packers to uh, make this a game. I know Dak Prescott had the most touchdown passes in the league. Guess who was number two? Jordan Love. And they are really trending well right now. This uh, Cowboys have been dominant at home all year long. They are in a great position, but they got a tough out right now. I think this is going to be a game. I jumped on the pack when they were seven and a half. Right now it's seven at minus 108. But if you do want the extra half point, it's not much of a difference as far as the juice goes. Minus 116 on the Packers at Cool Bet if you want to get at seven and a half. And then for me, maybe the most interesting line of the entire weekend and most interesting matchup and a one that I'm really having a tough time making a pick on is the Rams and lions. I can tell you that will not be on any parlays this week. Cause to me, that game is a real coin flip lions, three point favorites against the Rams. And of course the quarterbacks that have switched teams. I mean, there's so many storylines about this one. Uh, fill me in on uh, what you're feeling about those three games on Sunday. So, yeah, I, I love the Rams in this spot. You had uh, Josh Frey Sam of the Winnipeg Free Press on the program yesterday. Yeah, it was his favorite pick of the weekend. Uh, all the points he mentioned, I I fully agree with him. I think the Lions have some holes on that defense that Matthew Stafford in this offense 
who have been rolling as of late will be able to take advantage of. I also like the over in that game. I think it's going to be a, a shootout. And then, yeah, well, the other two games, like like you said, I agree with the Steelers. I mean, if, if it's going to be snowing, I think that plays into whichever team is worse. It kind of like neutralizes whatever advantage Josh Allen and his physical tools um, may have. So I, I don't mind the Steelers as well. The Packers, I'm scared of because, like you said, the Cowboys have been so dominant at home, but they're definitely rolling. But yeah, my favorite pick uh, of the weekend, I think, is Rams just to win outright because the spread is pretty close. I think it's three points. So Rams and yeah, yeah, that's, that's are, my yeah. pick if of the weekend. If you want the Rams, sure. if you want the Rams to win on the money line, they're plus one forty. Um, and again, the guys will talk about this on Monday, but there is a Monday nighter: Eagles and Bucks. That was four and a half originally. Uh, it was as low as two and a half yesterday. It's back up to three. Um, but the Eagles, a slight road favorite. Um, I like the Bucks. I think I'm going to be jumping on the money line yeah. for Tampa Bay, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I'm a Baker guy. I think he's got a big one in him. And uh, Philly is banged up, hurt, and not playing well at all. Not the way you want to be heading into the playoffs. Uh, they've got wild card round specials. We've got some pretty neat um futures as well if you think your guy's gonna uh, be uh, able to run um you know throughout the playoffs you can take the uh there's some futures there where you can get the top leading super bowl mvp right now um obviously all the conference winners are up right now niners are minus 120 favors to win the nfc ravens at plus 130 i did put in a little sprinkle on my guy isaiah pacheco to lead the playoffs in rushing yards which would mean because mm. I mean McCaffrey's the favorite of plus two twenty five, but even assuming they make it to the Super Bowl, it's one less game. So if you think there's a team playing right. this week that's going to get their big advantage, anyways, check all those out at Cool Bet. The Lockshot Partner Parlay will be up in the exclusives a little bit later on. And if you haven't played a Cool Bet before, you can use the promo code WST for a one hundred percent bonus up to two hundred bucks on your first deposit. Connor, you ready for a marble race? Oh, I'm ready for a marble race. Let's do it. Been waiting for it all day. Right on. Right on. Well, listen, we have got one more active business before I hit the road, and that is to uh, to do a marble race. And I got to give a huge shout out to Alex Alar. This is something that we sort of started, and Alex, such a whiz. Figure out a way, even when Remus isn't here, to make the marbles happen. So, uh, Alex, how are we looking? Yeah, marbles are ready to go. Marbles are ready to go. Did Reva send you the song? Do we have an intro song for uh, marbles today, or are we just going to get right to it? Uh, we got an intro song. We're ready to go. Well, wow. right on. I mean, geez, we got oh, the come whole on. deal deal today. Not only did the marbles, we got Tristan Rivers' music to get us in into it, and uh, I think we might have one of the tropical versions, just trying to warm things up like the Jets have been doing lately. Let's get to the tune and then get to the race.
uh, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, casualties uh, or uh, top ropes. And you know, I was just looking at that uh, at the theme song again. Was wondering um, where is Oleg? Maybe Oleg was actually freed and he's not there anymore. Um, all right, here you go. You see it all. And uh, yeah, just do a, a scroll down to the bottom if you can. So at some point, everyone can see where they're at. Candace Jane. What up, Candace? Candace, and there's Candace in 23rd. There's Tristan Rivers in 27th. Uh, the Rum Hut with a nice performance in 34th. Kennedy, Kenny's Water Bottle. What's up, KWB? Pat Maroon's Bib. A little fade at the end, but still top 40. Not too bad. I see Scott Westman in there at 42nd. Uh, Jay Sheps, what up? RWTV Retro Winnipeg. Great channel. Check it out. Will Sutton, looking forward to it. Oh, there's my friend Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Have a great weekend. Go Jets go tomorrow night. Uh, the GFL, Gregory, 73rd. Not bad. Bones in at 78th. Can live with that. There's my buddy Derek McGorn at 89th. What's up, D? Mike Wynn. Another great victory selfie in section 316 last night for the fellas after another win. Hold it down for me in 316 tomorrow. Uh, let's see. And Mr. Hammerdance is there. Russ Lowen as we continue through. Derek Schmidt. Derek, great to see you last night. Thanks again for those gifted memberships for uh, some of the WS tiers. What else do we got? There's Ray Ray, Charlie Horse, Jano, Jeremy Nickerson, Bravo Bry. Shout out to Bravo Bry and Dad Bod. What a what a touring act. Got a chance to see them a couple of weeks ago play. That's a lot of fun if you can ever get a chance to see them. Uh, Remus, 150 on the nose for Tanny. Jeez, 158. Jeez, I haven't seen mine. I could be way, way down there. There's my guy Gitch. There's Isha Boy Bruce. Connor Rabchak. Connor, 183. Oh, Bozeman, Ouch. 187. That is a tough one. And I still have not seen Huss. I, I might be in the 200s. That is not a very good performance for yours truly today. Uh, my neighbor, Cosmic Tales MB's in there. There's Dan Jets fan. We're now into the 200s. This was a big one today. Lots of folks. Spency 5 Sensi. Not to be confused with our Spency. Spency's a lock shopper popping in. What's going on? Love to see the ESTers jump in and join us. Royal Sports Team Sales, we are about to roll. Greg, ready to rock, 345. I'll be good to go. Chris Met, Royster, Nelson Fernandez. Mean Gene Okerlund at 239th. There's Schickster. <laughs> Schickster won last week and now 245th. Uh, I guess it all sort of evens out. There's Cowboy at 256. Saw Cowboy at the game last night. He rode with us on that WST or the uh, Lock Shop Parley yesterday disgruntled week god this is actually maybe one of if not the biggest marble race we've ever had there's wst it uh in two at 272 coach keezer mark what's up mark speaking of lock shoppers you in at 298 and we did have a few people that got thrown over the top rope let's see maybe i was in there because i did not see and that's at the bottom okay maybe i did a little bit better than i thought spency Spency right at the bottom, along with uh, five, uh, nine other DNFs. Wow, we went with the full 300 today. I believe that's the biggest marble race we've ever had. I think we may have actually missed capacity. 
Um, yeah, Kelly Menard, nine people got it. 3.30, the biggest race has. Holy smokes. Well, listen, Connor, uh, that was a lot of fun having you on the program today, buddy. It was uh, great to have uh, let Remo take a day off, and uh, you've been killing it. Now, you know what? A great time to quickly plug Jets this week because these shows are getting bigger and bigger every week as uh, people can't get enough of the first-place team in the NHL. I'm just I'm only talking about wins, Huss. It's it's been it's been a blast there. They keep winning. Episode 12, I believe it is, is coming out Monday. Um and yeah, it was it was a blast on the program today. Thanks for having me on. Um I I think you were saying that you won't be back Monday, so it might be Remus and I on Monday so people can come back. Um Remus and I may break down the the Jets win over the Flyers if if that's what happens and maybe a, a Chiefs win or a Chiefs loss, but yeah, this was so much fun. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'll come on anytime. You know that. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Well, listen, buddy, you're you're killing it. Uh, doing a great stuff with some of the awesome clips. Connor grabbed that one right away yesterday from the Chuck Hellebuck interview and threw that out. Um, you know, obviously, follow us on all the socials. I finally, I got to watch the uh, Remus's uh, reel that he put together um, from our night at the game on Tuesday. I mean, it was hilarious. And the deadpan delivery of the lines of Remus, including (laughs) video, excuse me, including video of him hanging his coat up. I mean, hilarious stuff. So give a like and a comment to that where, uh, wherever it is, but uh, yeah, I'll be traveling on Monday. I should be back in time for the Tuesday show, Uh, but Remo will hold it down. I think Connor will probably jump on them. The boys can chop it up as we did today. And, uh, We'll be getting ready for the Islanders visit on Tuesday. And, of course, a full recap of the weekend. Monday shows are always great. I hate to miss it, but uh, going to be a fun and cold weekend in Arrowhead tomorrow night. And hopefully my phone's not so frozen that I can't keep tabs on what's happening at Canada Life Centre with the Jets taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. If you don't have tickets for that game or for Tuesday, get a couple and get out there. It has been a real fun place to be lately. And, Heck, uh, we got a number one team in the National Hockey League. It would be great to see that building full for the next couple of games. Connor, have a great weekend. Enjoy a no-stress football weekend with your team on the bye. That will not be the case for me. I'll be freezing tomorrow at Arrowhead Stadium, and I'll be back on Tuesday. But Monday morning, Connor will have the new Jets this week for you. Make sure to check that out before Monday's WST. The fellows will be with you at 1. A huge thanks to the sponsors that make this happen every day. We've got to thank uh, Rucker McGrory, who came on. If you missed that earlier in the show, Rucker joined. Brandon Rewicki, Ken Weeb, Hacksaw, Connor Rabchak, and a huge thanks to Alex Allard for uh, doing a killer job, as always, when Remo's away, helping us get from start to finish of this program. Gang, hit the sub button if you haven't already. Thumbs up if you haven't already on the way out. Have an awesome weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow night in Winnipeg, the football on the weekend, and uh, be back here on Monday for a full weekend wrap-up of Winnipeg Sports Talk after you check out Connor's Jets this week, drop in early Monday morning. See you Monday on WSD. Have a great weekend, gang. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.